Greetings and salutations, podcast listeners. It is the PS Nation Podcast, episode 133. You're listening to Mark Sanger. Hi. <laughs> and me, Glenn, <laughs> Percival. How's it going? Good. Yeah, it's all right. I'm yeah, kind of all right. We, uh, oh, yeah, that's right. You're feeling kind of sick, and your wife is actually not doing too good right now either, is she? Oh, she's sicker than I am. I'm trying oh. consciously not to, like, mouth breathe into the microphone, so I sincerely apologize if I do. <laughs> I always call you the big mouth breather of the podcast anyway. That is disturbing. Yeah. So, really awesome show this week, in my opinion. Um, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, we, we did a couple of interviews before we recorded the regular show this week, and... Uh, I we were well we will be talking about it, but I was so jazzed up last night after we talked uh, for this first interview. <laughs> uh, so we'll just go through the stuff uh, real quick. New releases. We got an interview with our buddy Richard Lamartian from Naughty Dog Studios. He's the co-lead designer for Uncharted Two: Among Thieves. Uh, he's been on the show before, and we wanted to have him back so bad, and we finally got him back almost two years <laughs> later. But uh, it was awesome. He had me so jazzed. I I could not sleep last night. So yeah, um, I well I did because I took Nyquil, but <laughs> yeah, I when we were done, I immediately went and popped in the first Uncharted, and then we all got yeah. an Uncharted two beta which, and played. <laughs> yeah, which we'll be talking about. That was that was a blast. Uh, a couple of news items, uh, TGS discussion, and, and some other stuff with uh, our buddy Jeff Rubenstein from the uh, PlayStation blog. Uh, review of MotorStorm Arctic Edge for the PSP. Emails and voicemails, and of course the trophy watch. The trophy watch. <laughs> There we go. Uh, so, first off, I'm, I'm just going to get the regular stuff out of the way. I have a feeling we do have some new listeners out there, uh, so I want to make sure we go through the regular stuff first. Uh, you can leave thanks us a voicemail. Thanks for listening. Which, what's that? I said thanks for listening. <laughs> yeah. Well, we probably won't. You old listeners, too. We like you, too. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I'm kidding. We love our listeners. If it weren't for the listeners, we would, well, no, we wouldn't be here. It wouldn't be worth doing. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you can just be you and me talking, and <laughs> we'd probably eventually kill each other. <laughs> That's why it's so good that we live like two and a half hours away from each other. Yeah, I'm too lazy to drive up there. Yeah, pretty much. You you get about up to Oshkosh. Ah, I'm turning around. Yep. <laughs> Uh, there's a couple of different ways you can reach us. Actually, there's a lot of different ways you can reach us. Uh, you can email us, and uh, you email to podcast at psnation.org. You can also send us an MP3 file if you want to leave us a voicemail in that respect, or you can leave us a voicemail in a couple of different ways. Uh, you can call us on Skype if you have Skype on your PSP or on your iPhone or on your PC or Mac. Uh, and all you have to do is call WDT-Torgo. Uh, you can also call our regular voicemail line, which is area code 920-626-4464. Standard long-distance rates apply, though. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at twitter.com slash ps3nation, all is one word. You can find us on Facebook on our Facebook group, and I think we're at 600 members now. We're really close. Uh, and that is PS nice. Nation Podcast. So just do a search on that, and you can find us. Um, and also, you can find us on a very cool radio network uh, that, that's, that's still kind of finding its own niche here and there, but uh, it's, it's actually very cool, and I think they're going to be making some changes soon, I hope at least. Uh, Furious Gamer Radio, which uh, you can find uh, at FuriousGamer.com. Uh, they stream a bunch of different video game podcasts and are... are Essentially, just trying to set up an actual video game radio network. Uh, so you can find us there. And also, there's an iPhone app uh, that also works with the iPod Touch. And just look it up on iTunes. It's uh, Furious Gamer. 
And for 99 cents, you get some pretty cool stuff. And, and the streaming works over Edge, over G3, or 3G. I always want to say mm-hmm. G3. Over 3G mm-hmm. and over uh, WAN connection. So very, very cool. Uh, Sound like you th- said wank. What's that? <laughs> Sound like you said wank connection. I don't even know what I'm saying anymore. I'm so fried. <laughs> I'm, I'm still trying to get back into the whole working daily thing. It sounds yeah. weird and it sounds like I'm whining, but it's just it, it's such yeah, a it different does. mindset after six months of not working that, yeah, it's it's pretty weird. Um, one other thing we wanted to talk about, and uh, I know a lot of people have asked about this, uh, but we finally uh, finalized our, our plans. Uh, last year, we we and a bunch of the other podcasters from VGEVO and, and a few of the other members as well uh, joined up with Sarcastic Gamer. Uh, Sarcastic Gamer fronts this uh, this charity event every year for Texas Children's Hospital where they do cancer research for children, uh, and they call it Extra Life. Now, they're actually doing it, I think, I don't even know if they actually did it already or not, but uh, we had to do it a different date. Unfortunately, we just had too much, too many. Oh, no, it's going on in like two weeks. Um, hmm. But we're doing it a different date, and we got it approved by, by the people that are running it, and we're all set to go. So I'll be setting up the page this weekend, and, and of course, I'll put that on the Twitter page and up on our website and over on VG Evo. Uh, but it's called Extra Life, and the weekend of November 6th through the 8th, uh, the various VGEVO podcasts, except for I don't think Gruel's doing it. He had he had to work or something that weekend. But uh, it's a 24-hour gaming marathon, and we ask that everybody pledges like maybe a dollar an hour, or you can just do a flat rate or whatever else. And last year we raised a pretty good amount of money. I, I can't. I, I have to look it all up, and I'll, I'll have all the numbers next week. But we did a really good job uh, as VGEVO as a whole last year, and, and we definitely want to beat that. Uh, so we're gonna we're gonna start getting into people's heads because it's 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 not too far away. It's only about what six weeks, something like that. So um, yeah. I'm actually gonna be going down to the Cades this year. We're gonna be doing it uh, all three of us at the Cades house, and we're gonna stream some video of it so you can you can watch us and and you know interact with us. Maybe we'll take some calls throughout the day or whatever. We'll figure it out. Who knows? Yeah. Just remember, put it on your calendars. November sixth through the eighth, I believe. We're gonna do it Friday night to Saturday night. I think. Yeah, I think that's the plan, because we want Sunday to recover. Yeah, so we'll probably start, Last like, year was a little rough. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did it alone. That really sucked. So uh, I think yeah. we're going to probably start, like, maybe 8 or 9 o'clock on Friday night and go until Saturday night at roughly the same time. So it's kind of cool, because I you think we're going to You can watch a have... bunch of old farts stay up all night and play video games. <laughs> well, we're going to have three PS3s there, and, and hopefully maybe we can get some matches of maybe fat princess or something going or you know we can play some uncharted 2 co-op or whatever uh so it should be a lot of fun we had a lot of fun last year yeah it should be good yeah so uh we'll have some more details next week like i said i'll have the page ready to go if anybody wants to donate uh but we definitely you know first and foremost those sarcastic gamer guys over on the blue show we need to beat those bastards like like nobody's business uh, and just, you know, take them down a notch. I, I think they get a little lofty because, oh, Sarcastic Gamer is running it. Yeah, whatever. We need to beat them. So we beat them handily <laughs> last year. That's all I have to say because we have better listeners and they're more educated. That's true. <laughs> what? Wow. Everybody's going to think we're just filled with hate. Nah, Rothbart, that's all Rothbart's doing because uh, Rothbart from the Blue Show, uh, he and I were IMing the other day, and he said something like, uh, our listeners are smarter and they're more college-educated or something. I'm like, you know, I might have gone for that, except I've been to the forums over there. So, just saying. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Oh, anyway. All right. Well, Mark, what are the new releases for next week? 
All right, we've actually got quite a big week next week, and I think it's this is heralding the beginning of the holiday titles. Indeed, except uh, the fourth title yeah. is uh, delayed. What? The fourth title on the list is delayed for the sixth. Oh, really? Yeah, I just I saw that. Sorry, that. my fault. My bad. I won't mention that one then. All right. Our list is out of date. Damn it. That is okay. Uh, we got on the 5th, Grand Theft Auto Chinatown Wars for PSP. I didn't actually realize this was coming out so soon. I didn't either. <laughs> I honestly didn't. Yeah. But I I don't count myself among the fans of that series, so I'll probably be passing on that one. Yeah. Uh, on the 6th, we've got Star Wars Clone Wars Republic Heroes for PS2, PS3, and PSP. NBA 2K10 for PS2, PS3, and PSP. Oh NBA Live Part 10 for PS3 and PSP. <laughs> Saw for PS3, based on the movies. Uh, Demon Souls for PS3, that is my personal pick. Uh, Operation Flashpoint Dragon Rising for PS3. Yep. And Naruto Shippuden Legends Akatsuki for PSP. Oh, nice job. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think we're probably going to have a review copy of Operation Flashpoint showing up, so if we do, I'll be reviewing that game. Yeah, uh, if you want Demon Souls reviews, we reviewed it last week, along with our buddy Roy from Kotowari.org. <laughs> In detail. <laughs> oh yeah, that I listened to it, and it's a little rambling. I'm going to put a little more, a bit more of a concise, concise, I can't even talk now. Wow. Concise review up on our site. Um, I was trying to write that today because I didn't have anything to do at work. Then all of a sudden, you know, my manager freaked out and was like, yeah, help me do this. So I didn't have time. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, there all right. Go. So let's, let's talk about this a little bit. Uh, Rich LaMarchand is one of the coolest people I think we've ever talked to in the business. He's just very personable. And, uh, no offense to anyone else in the business we've ever talked no, to. No, no, one of the, that's why I didn't say the, I said one of the. Uh, but he's just such a treat to talk to, and we we had a very unique uh, opportunity last night, and that is we actually got him on the show roughly two or three hours after the Uncharted 2 embargo lifted in terms of reviews. Yeah. And as people have seen and as we talk about in the interview, the reviews so far have been stellar. Uh, I think still yeah. on Metacritic, it's at, at a 98 right now, which is unheard Hold on, I'm of. checking. Oh, oh, no, it dropped to 97. Oh! Must oh, be some Europeans. Worst game ever! Oh! <laughs> but if if there's ever an interview where you can't see what's going on, but you still catch the fever uh, of just the excitement and... Yeah, it was infectious. It really oh my was. God. I, I was so jazzed up when we were done with this. You know, we got on the multiplayer last night. I had a really hard time sleeping last night because I was just sitting there. I, I was just excited as hell to play the game, but also just excited for the team. I mean, there's just this enthusiasm that you, that you could feel over this phone call that I I was so jazzed up last night. So yeah, give it a listen, and I think you're going to understand what we're talking about. Uh, but here is our just incredible interview with Richard LaMarchand, co-designer, co-lead designer of Uncharted 2 Among Thieves. Okay, well, we didn't know when it was going to happen, and it got sprung on, this, on us this week, but we're ready to do it. Once again on the show, one of our favorite people that we've ever had on the show, and personally, I still think this is one of our best interviews that we ever had, the co-lead designer of Uncharted 2, Mr. Richard LaMarchand. How's it going, sir? Very well, thanks, Glenn. How are you guys doing? 
It's good to be here again. Peachy. Oh, yeah. Very good. So, uh, hey, Mark, how you doing? <laughs> well, Mark's I'm very here. excited. <laughs> Uncharted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <dude. laughs> so, Uncharted 2, a game so big that we had to have two lead designers this time? Pretty much, yep. Uncharted 2, twice the fun, twice the lead designers. <laughs> yes, it's like the Doubleman Twins of games. um it was uh it was really awesome i mean basically uh in effect the first uncharted had two lead designers as well my buddy neil neil Druckmann, um awesome game designer um uh was effectively you know um doing just as much as me on the first game to make it uh as cool as it was and so we had to give him the job title officially and so he and i uh sort of divided and conquered on the duties for this project neil sort of had more of a hand in uh in things to do with story in the creation of the game and i took a little bit more of a hand in systems and uh that kind of stuff uh and it worked out real well the truth of it is is that at naughty dog we're really not that big on job titles it's really about what you do each day when you come into work to make the game more awesome and uh that's the most important thing about your role here at the studio so uh that sounds good yeah yeah so you sh- you should just walk into work monday and say yeah today i'm president and we got a problem with that. <laughs> you know, I tried that on last week, actually, and it lasted about five minutes. And then everyone called me on my crap, and I was, but uh, that was cool. <laughs> I didn't want the title of Game Awesomer Maker Guy. <laughs> <laughs> wow. To go. Mark, you drunk? I'm just wondering. No. Okay. Not tonight. Okay. Yeah, we wanted to be in our best form for Richard, so... I'm high on Uncharted, let's put it that way. Yeah, I've been playing the beta a lot. I know you have too, which is just shocking to me. Yeah, people uh, commented on that when it did the little Twitter update that I'm playing, and they're like, uh, what? You? (laughs) (laughs) You're not playing Demon Souls? Yeah, I I love the multiplayer in this. I can't say it enough. I Honestly, I I was expecting it to be good, but not really my cup of tea, but I am blown away. It's nice. so much fun. Oh, thanks, guys. It's really, uh, it's really great to hear everyone's positive comments about the multiplayer. Well, and, mm-hmm. and we might as well segue. I mean, in terms of positive comments, this is about... We're recording probably about three hours after the embargo lifted on the reviews, and uh, I would assume maybe you guys are kind of happy at Naughty Dog right now. <laughs> <laughs> if, I, uh, if I hold the phone up, you'll probably be able to hear the cheering and the laughter uh, out there in the studio. We're, yeah, wow, wow, we're so happy today. Uh, it's really awesome. Like you say, the embargo lifted, and so um, all the review scores have been coming in today. Um, yeah. and there were a few out there already, and we were really happy with the kind of scores that we were getting, but just to get the amount of... Um, uh, just a great amount of positive comment about something that you've worked so hard on for so long. Right. Such, a, mm-hmm. such an awesome feeling, yeah. Well, I mean, just a few that I have listed. Uh, Eurogamer, 10 out of 10. CVG, 10 out of 10. Uh, Jou Video, 19 out of 20. Boomtown, 9 out of 10. Uh, Gamers Globe, 9 out of 10. Uh, Game Reactor, 8 out of 10. Who are those bastards? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> One-Up gave you an A+, which I don't think they ever... I don't think I've ever seen them give yeah. any game an A+, before. Uh, no, I, that was really that awesome. 
Uh, G4 TV, uh, 5 out of 5. Video Gamer, 9 out of 10. VGZ, 9.3 out of 10. Uh, now Gamer, 9.5 out of 10. Play, 96%. IGN, a 9.5. And then Adam Sessler is quoted as saying, the best single-player game I've ever played. Wow. wow and if Adam Sessler blessed, said that, I mean... Uh, it's the, <laughs> the quotable Sessler. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was, in fact, we all were uh, hunkered around one of our PCs just a few hours ago watching uh, Adam's review on uh, G4 TV and yeah wow we had a little moment together Aww. when he said that it's <laughs> uh, pretty pretty darn cool uh, and uh, yeah, and wow, what a you know what a great lineup of scores. We really couldn't ask for a, for a warmer reception. I think it's really mind blowing. Well, I mean, it's it's got to be yeah. kind of relieved. I mean, you've been working on this probably before the first Uncharted came out. I would assume. Well, yeah, we started just a little bit before we shipped uh, Uncharted: Drake's Fortune. I guess so. Yeah, it's been about two years now. Wow. Oh. <laughs> But yeah, and it's been two years of uh, hard work, you know, really hard work. Um, a lot of people have been uh, um, really putting all of their passion into it for a long time now. So yeah, it's just fantastic to uh, to receive this kind of comment, you know, like comments like Adam's that it was the best uh, uh, single player game that he'd ever played. That's you know, you can't you can't ask for a for a nicer comment than that. So yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Feels and- good. Feels good. And of course, we've uh, um, we've been playing uh, over the last uh, week or so. We've been playing a lot of the uh, multiplayer beta as well. Yeah. Uh, all of the dogs have been getting online and mixing it up with people, and uh, that's that's been a lot of fun too. Um, multiplayer, you know, is a is a big part of the game that uh, that the reviews haven't touched on quite so much. But I think that word's going to spread about just how much fun that is too. Yeah, yeah we've got well, a couple. At least of nobody can. Yeah, well, nobody can complain this time that, well, it's only single player and there's no multiplayer. So, exactly. hey, even if if they're not commenting on it a whole lot, it's better than, you know, taking away. Oh, for away. sure, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and they, they, there are comments here and there, you know, that say, wow, this is just the tip of the iceberg, you know. So, yeah, it feels yeah. really great. It's awesome. Well, it's also nice because even even from the beta that we're playing now, which actually went live for everybody today, too, which is, is Oh, that's nice. right, yeah. It scares me. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. But it, but. It, <laughs> Even playing that, it doesn't have that, you know, a lot of people always have the fear when a sequel comes out and they add multiplayer to it that it's going to be quote-unquote tacked on or anything like that. And even from the beta, you can tell. I mean, this is a fully fleshed out multiplayer experience with all the uh, um, Mashinima stuff that's been added. You know, a lot of the stuff that you kind of saw in Halo 3, but I mean, you guys have obviously flushed it all a lot more with uploading the cinemas and, you know, the Twitter integration and, I mean, just... This full featured package is just insane. So I mean, yeah, we I guess from the very beginning of the project, um, we had that in the back of our minds that we didn't want to make a, a multiplayer game that was just tacked on. You know, we wanted to make it a fully fledged part of the game. So uh, I guess that's why it was so important that we started planning multiplayer right from the very beginning of the project. And you know, we hired multiplayer designers who got to work straight away. Right and uh, you know set uh, set programs to work on it and uh, yeah I mean I think um, no one's going to be disappointed with the kind of experience that it offers it's really it's got so much stuff in it multiplayer it's really fantastic mm-hmm. the stuff in the open beta again is just like a you know small percentage of what's in the in the shipping game I can't believe all the well, stuff I, that's in the second one oh yeah there's it's kind of crazy I, isn't it <laughs> yeah. I especially like that 
your experience and like or the money you earn is like shared between versus and co-op so then if people aren't really into the multiplayer versus as much they can just do the co-op and still get to the point where they can unlock all this fun stuff to use and not have to like go in between and yeah. play a version that they may not be as fond of cool cool yeah i mean that was very deliberate of course you know we wanted to just to in fact you can use cash that you earn uh in multiplayer uh to unlock things even in the single player mode so we definitely wanted to give people this overall sense of uh progression through the game didn't i also hear that if you have is it a save game from the first uncharted on your ps3 it opens up i think a hundred thousand dollars in game right away that's right yeah if if uh, you uh, automatically get $20,000 just okay. for having a save game, an Uncharted Drake's Fortune save game on your PS3. Uh, awesome. And then if you've completed the game, we actually give you another 80. So, yeah, that was just a nice little thing that we thought that we could do, you know. Oh, to, totally. um, I have to go run through the game again. <laughs> Dude, yeah, you should, <laughs> you'll, have a, you'll have a ton of bonus featurettes unlocked before you I know, know it. Yeah. I had deleted my save game after the trophy oh, patch. I never actually got around oh. to finishing it again after the trophy patch came out. <laughs> uh, you just I know go what I'm doing this uh, Scoop up that, that, uh, that Uncharted Drake's Fortune Platinum trophy. Let me take a few out. A few dozen out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sick to work the rest of the week. Oh my god. <laughs> That's funny. All right. Well, uh, as usual, we, uh, we we got questions from our listeners like we usually try to do. So we wanted to just ask you these, and, and we sent them off to you so you could kind of be a little bit more prepared. Uh, so we'll just go down the list, and you know, if we get off topic, gee, there would be a shock. That so- <laughs> <laughs> wouldn't be like us, would it? <laughs> yeah, bring, not at bring all. Bring it on. It was, it was an awesome set of questions, actually. I was uh, reading them through earlier today, and uh, yeah, wow, I've got, got my work cut out for me. so our first one is from our buddy mr debucket he's been a longtime listener and uh this is his standard question uh on a scale from one to ten one being awesome and ten being the greatest achievement of all mankind how awesome will uncharted 2 be uh, in two weeks well i mean this is something um my teammates were actually giving me crap about at lunchtime (laughs) we were we were joking there was a time round about beta i think it was when i was running around the office telling anyone who would stand still long enough to listen to my lunatic ravings that Uncharted 2 was the best human artifact that had ever been created. So <laughs> Mr. DeBucket's question is, uh, is kind of timely, really. Uh, but I think, you know, I'd have to be, I'd have to be modest. Uh, like my friend said, uh, Great Wall of China, hello. Uh, but, uh, so I'd have to be modest and uh, give us a nine on that scale, I think. Wow, all right. But that's, oh. <laughs> that's just because I'm big-headed because of all the uh, all the great reviews that have come out today. <laughs> so you'll you have to ask three. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> ask me, ask me again when I'm not so so giddy with uh, excitement. All right, we can do that. I'll, I'll you'll get a more around. sensible answer. There you go. All right, you want to take the next one? Sure. All right. Uh, Patriot B Ball fifty four sixty asks. So you guys are putting a lot of work into your. How do you actually pronounce this? Is it Machinima? Machinima. Machinima, yeah. Machinima? Okay, I never actually knew that. Okay. You're putting a lot of work into your Machinima and post-game replay for online. It kind of seems out of nowhere, at least the Machinima stuff in my opinion. What was your reasoning for doing it, and can you explain the Machinima mode some more? Yeah, for sure. I mean, we um, we knew from very early on that we wanted to do uh, a replay mode, you know, so that you could 
study your match and kind of fly around and, and check out, your, you know, review your own strategy in the games and look at what your teammates and what your opponents are doing in the game. Um, and so, you know, we always knew that we were going to implement that. Um, and we have some friends in the Machinima uh, community. Um, uh, and so um, uh, we, uh, especially uh, machinima.com, of course. Right. I'm sure it's .com, not .org. I'm pretty and, sure yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and those guys are awesome. Those guys are fantastic. And they become big friends of the studio. And um, uh, so once we'd created the, the custom replays, it didn't take that much more work to create a fully-fledged you know, machinima uh, mode. And what uh, machinima mode entails is you can, um, you know, you play a game. You can go in there um, basically into a, a level with your buddies uh, online. And, uh, and you run around, you know, just as if you were playing uh, in a in a competitive or a co-op game and you know i guess that you if you plan out little scenarios you could um you could enact them and you have um weapons in the level and other stuff that you can interact with like the propane tanks and so you could act out little scenarios and then you can go into the replay mode and go to various different kinds of cameras um you can go into kind of a, a free camera you can go into an orbit camera that moves around the the characters or you can go into even uh pretty cool kind of follow cam modes like handy cam modes, you know, like you'd get in a movie like uh -huh. uh, Cloverfield or something. And then you can do all kinds of um, tweaks to the camera. You can change, mess around with the field of view and mess around with the, the depth of field, which is a really cool graphical feature, I think, yeah. for Uncharted 2. Uh, mm. And you can tint like the sunlight and do all of this different stuff, roll the camera, and then um, uh, create these, uh, you know, these awesome um, uh, little movies, basically. Um, capture off the content you can even um in one of the levels you can put uh put it into a green screen mode so that you could um composite it uh into different backgrounds um and um all of this fun stuff stuff that you know some of the studio uh some of the people in the studio are really into and that we as fans of you know user generated content um we think that little big planet is just a brilliant game yeah. um we wanted to do something so that fans of uncharted who are uh, who are into um those kinds of you know creative uh, things to do with with a game that they love um would be able to do it and uh yeah it's really cool the the reception that it's been getting from the community in particular they they really yeah. dig the pictures that we added in um they say that we chose some of the right ones so nice. it's great stuff yeah and actually, you can play with that in the beta. Uh, somebody's already uploaded, a, like, two days after the second beta came out, they already uploaded a video that they made. Uh, that's right, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're already seeing some awesome screenshots and things. People are having fun with it. So, yeah, it's cool. I'm really glad that we did it. Very nice. Are you hoping some sort of, like, red versus blue, like that Halo series, comes out for Uncharted? I mean, of course, that's the kind of thing, that's the kind of awesome thing that people do with this stuff. So, yeah, yeah. definitely. We, we can't wait to see what people, uh, what people do with it. Nice. Nice. Well, here's a little bit of a follow-up with a question asking, uh, will there be any delay between the uploading of replays online and when you're in-game? I ask only because in Killzone 2, it usually takes about an hour for battle replays to show up online. Well, um, the way that it works is that you record your game and then you upload it to our servers and then um, other people can then download it. Um, and yeah, we think that um, as soon as you've uploaded it, it's available for, for download. So um, yeah, I think that's the answer to that question. 
I, I know in the beta, but I mean, there's I'm sure there's not nearly as much on the on the servers in terms of stress. But in the beta, it's uploading like almost instantaneously when you put it up. Yeah, um, it's good, isn't it? Uh, and uh, yeah, we think it's going to scale. Um, we're actually using. Um, uh, kind of cloud uh, computing technology for our uh, for managing our online environment, um, uh, which is uh, I think uh, you know kind of a new thing. Uh, I don't know too much about it, so I probably shouldn't uh, shouldn't say too much more for fear. <laughs> so, so you don't know about the safety really... guards about it not becoming uh, self-aware. Um, you know, that was something that I pointed out early on. Uh, I was very concerned that, yeah, the net would become haunted by the spirit of Zoran Lazarevich, which would be not good. Not good for the world's computers. Oh, man. Oh, all right. Uh, this is uh, from TK421, and he uh, says, In retrospect, what things from Drake's fortune were high on the list to make sure that were fixed or improved upon in Among Thieves? Well, this is one of those those questions where you're going to have to cut me off if I rant on for too long. Uh, <laughs> Don't worry, I put like extra tape in the recorder right? today, so you're fine. Okay, cool, cool. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I mean, um, we looking back, we still really like Uncharted Drake's Fortune, and hopefully a lot of people are going to play it, you know, in the lead-up to um, Uncharted 2 coming out. But there were definitely things that, um, that we started to work on straight away as soon as we started developing Uncharted 2. I guess one of the things... Um, uh, was the traversal combat. Uh, we started adding in all these new traversal moves for Drake. We started, like, um, you know, doing monkey bars and uh, uh, changing up the balance beam behaviors and stuff like that. And we wanted to make it so that Drake would always be able to fire no matter what he was doing in terms of traversal. And so that was one early thing um, that we did, which, of course, gave us enormous power when it came to creating new kinds of enemy setups and stuff like that, where you could, um, yeah, just be going through these crazy sequences of traversal with enemies popping up. Um, you know, it gave us the ability to, put en- to create enemy setups pretty much anywhere in the game. So that was one thing that was a big deal. Um, we also wanted to work on the melee combat. Um, which we liked in the first game, but we thought that we could give it some more depth. Uh, and so we fleshed that out a ton. And then, of course, stealth, action stealth, is a big part of Uncharted 2. We never wanted to become like a full stealth game, you know? We, we know our territory, and we always wanted to stay focused on being an action game. We wanted to keep the pace up always. Um, but we, at the same time, wanted to make sure that the player always had a lot of choice in terms of the way that they approached uh, you know, a particular part of the game. And so stealth uh, and kind of fleshing out Drake's stealth moves was really great for that. As part of doing that, we had to make a lot of additions to the enemy's AI, giving them these new... Uh, these new modes, one where they would go into kind of a search mode. They would become aware that you were around them somewhere and they would start patrolling through the level looking for you. And another one where that keeps them fixed on the, once they have seen you, it keeps them fixed on the last point they saw you. So if you pop out of cover in one place, um, they'll start sort of shooting at at the, the end of that cover, say. But then if you manage to, out of their view, move around in cover and, and, you know, perhaps flank them or climb up and over something, you can kind of get the drop on them Hmm. in a way that really allows you to shape the combat, you know, to your play style. Of course, in a lot of setups, you can just stealth into it as well. You know, you can 
take down guys from behind, uh, you know, kind of take them out one at a time in that in that classic kind of stealth gameplay mode. And so, um, you know, these are just a few of the things that we did to flesh the game out. But like I say, I could keep going on and on and on about this. We There's a lot of hard work going into the game. <laughs> I, I will say that I'm very happy with the melee, even in the multiplayer, because I'll be brutally honest, I was horrible at it in the first game. I could never get the timing down. Yeah, I think it was one of those things, yeah. If you got the skill, you know, then if, if you were kind of a natural at it, then it was powerful. Um, and we definitely have just gone the steps to make it more accessible, for sure. Then there's crazy stuff like pulling guys off ledges. Oh. or have you, have you ever had that? <laughs> the first time I kicked a guy off a ledge because he was hanging from it, it surprised the hell out of me. Yeah, some of the, the best. There's the crazy yeah. stuff that I've seen, like the multiplayer, like pulling guys, like the over the ledges, or yeah, it's so much fun. <laughs> pretty satisfying about it, yeah. Definitely. Well, it, all, it also gives you a great balance in terms of. At first, when we saw these guys on the uh, on the ice level in the in the beta, where uh, they were on the on the side path that goes down and then back up. And a couple of guys were just hanging there and then and then popping up to fire people. And, you know, you'd try to fire at them, you couldn't hit them, and, and you'd try to throw a grenade and it really wouldn't do anything. And I already knew about it, so I finally just kind of snuck up from the other side when people were uh, keeping them occupied, and I kicked both of them off before they knew what was going on. <laughs> oh, was that great? <laughs> so satisfying. Oh, excellent. And I think it's that kind of stuff. You know, there's definitely sort of a rock, paper, scissors thing going on in multiplayer. Right that really keeps the the action mixed up you know there isn't any one strategy that's dominant you really have to always think on your feet i think that's part of what makes it so much fun you know well -hmm. also the rules variations i mean having just snipers and pistoles or just rockets (laughs) that kind of thing where we tried them out and actually a few of us were like i don't know if i really like all rockets you know and and played a couple more matches and all of a sudden we were just having a blast with it (laughs) <laughs> it's funny that we had the same experience you know some people kind of would turn their noses up at, oh you're not playing all rpgs are you and then the next thing you know you're just in there with 99 rpgs in your arsenal kind of shooting across the map just for yeah. the hell of it i got a few kills that way my, team, <laughs> my, my teammates hate me now <laughs> well Actually, the next one is dealing directly with multiplayer as well, and uh, he's, this is AJ420 is asking, does Uncharted multiplayer have clan support? If so, how many members can you have in the clan? Well, clan support was one of those things that we talked about, and we actually decided not to do it for this game. It Ooh. was really just on a yeah. Well, um, it was on a list of things that were just too much for us. You know, um, I think a big part of designing a really great game is choosing your battles, and so that was something that we decided not to go for. But there is already at least one clan that I know of. Of course, um, we do allow people to party up, right? In particular, in um, in cool ways, like at the at the end of matchmaking when you play the game with a group of players that you've been match made with you can party with them so if you find a bunch of people that you're not already friends with PSN then you can keep playing with them throughout the evening and I think that's just you know a a way that things like clans are going to start happening in the the social network that is Uncharted 2 multiplayer and uh, you know and there's other ways that you can do clans you know just by uh, using 
PSN and friending each other. And uh, the way that the clan that I've already seen has done it is that they created unique PlayStation IDs for themselves that had the name of their clan, like, uh, you know, the three-letter abbreviation for the name of their clan at the beginning of their names. So, um, yeah, I think that, um, you know, there's something that we'll be looking at in the future. But uh, for now, there's a bunch of ways to have that same awesome experience in, in the game as it is. Hmm. Nice. So hopefully uh, AJ420 will be cool with that. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and if he's not, if well, he's, we really don't care. Then that's tough, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, let's see. Zippy Patrick asks, how many missions and how much time can you get out of the co-op play in Uncharted 2? Well, there's a lot of co-op content uh, in the game. There are three different co-op, specific co-op levels. And then you can also um, play some of the co-op modes in... um in the multiplayer levels. So we have like the the objective co-op type where you're kind of taking part in these special missions that we've created uh, in the three special co-op levels. And then there's also a, a couple of other modes, survival, where the enemies just keep coming, you know, wave after wave, and it's really right. hardcore. And then nice. gold rush, where you have to get the uh, treasure from, from A to B. And those take place in all three of the co-op levels, and then they take place in four of the multiplayer levels as well. So yeah. it's hard to put, you know, an exact and a time number on the co-op experience because it's it's big you know it's big yeah i like the gold rush we were playing that for a while last night and it man it gets tough you really got to be good at covering each other's backs and yeah nobody can yeah. get separated because then you just get slaughtered <laughs> <laughs> our co-op designer will be happy to hear that he likes yeah. uh, he, uh my buddy robert he likes a challenge I was just going to ask, is the survival mode in the beta? Because I always play in games that other people create. I've never actually set up a co-op match. And I don't That's know a if good that question. I've got to be is. honest and say, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think so. Yeah, because we just kept switching between the objective and the gold rush. Yeah, One thing that really that stuck out to me is I want to play the co-op as much as I want to play the single player. And... I always thought that I like I really liked Resistance 2's co-op, even though it was more like an MMO when you really really boiled it down. But you know, we played it quite a bit, and and we played it, I mean, a lot actually. But the co-op that you've done, it seems to be almost like a parallel to the story in itself. And it's yeah, it, it, I mean, you're going from A to B, and you're actually going through things, and you're still you're actually working together as a team instead of just supporting each other. I mean, you you literally have to watch each other's back. <laughs> It, but it's the um, same awesome graphics and the same voice acting, and every, you know, it's just, it's so well done. I'm really glad you like that, Glenn, because those guys worked really super hard to yeah. create these little parallel universe missions. Uh, and it's, it's, I, I'm, I'm glad I agree with you. It's pretty awesome to have this, uh, this whole extra experience in these environments that you probably already played in single player that you're um getting to work through in, in new ways often yeah and getting to uh, work together and cover each other's backs so uh that's good to hear thanks yeah <laughs> i never know how to say this guy's name Donthis. i'm gonna say that's how i say it yeah uh he says okay let's go oh, god uh okay let's get to the most important part of the game the trophies how difficult are they to get what's the ratio of trophies between the single player and multiplayer 
They, the difficulty uh, to get them is perfectly balanced. Uh, I have to say that because uh, I help work on that stuff. So uh, that's uh, that's my comment there. Uh, um, <laughs> well, there's. Uh, I think people are really going to dig it, both the trophies and the medals, of course, because you earn medals in the game. Yeah. Uh, and then some of them, some of them also have PlayStation Network trophies associated with them too. And um, in terms of ratio, I mean, we have. We only have a couple of trophies that correspond to the online experience, um, and I'll explain why in a second. But, uh, so most of the trophies are to do with uh, single player, and uh, there's a bunch of them, you know, um, and they line up with the 82 single player medals that we have. So we have a pretty good amount of single player. Some of them are things that people will remember from Uncharted Drake's Fortune, although we did bump the levels for them up uh, a little bit, you know, just to kind of keep in proportion to the the increase in awesomeness of Uncharted 2. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) He said modestly. <laughs> Again, that's the. Uh, um, you'll forgive me for being big-headed. It's uh, all these all these awesome reviews. It's making me uncharacter- uncharacteristically immodest for an Englishman. I'm going to take a lot of grief from my English friends uh, about this. Um, and then, um, you know, we also have a lot of multiplayer medals as well, which are really the things that earn you the money as you take part in the multiplayer experience. Uh, and those medals you can earn over and over again as well. They're kind of these gifts that, that keep on giving. Um, and there's, there's like, I actually I knew that you guys were going to be asking this, so I, I wrote it down. There are 16 co-op medals and 35 medals in the competitive game. Um, and they're for all kinds of cool stuff. Some of them, actually, um, that I think are the coolest are the ones that relate to earning money for our negative boosters. If you Ah, you equip... You know about these? Yeah. Yeah. You can equip boosters that actually harm you rather than help you. So things like Glass Jaw, where you can be killed by just a single punch. So some of the medals relate to doing certain things with the negative boosters equipped, and they give you just... Big stacks of cash that help you unlock things, of course. In, nice. uh, that was a good idea. Well, I like yeah, that. Single player game. So, yeah, I reckon uh, Dante is, is, uh, is going to be pretty happy. Hopefully so. Sweet. Cool. All right. Oh, of course, this question's in here from ah. our buddy Repeat. A uh, bunch of questions already, and nobody asked about the minecart level yet. For shame. <laughs> anyway, just how awesome is the minecart level going to be? <laughs> <laughs> I've uh, I've been trying to trying to decide how to how to answer this one. <laughs> it comes full circle. It started with you, and now it's continuing with you. I know, I know. It's uh, I've I've uh, I've only got myself to blame, really. I suppose. <laughs> uh, no, there's somebody else to blame, but we're not going to talk about that. And for the, those of you that don't know what we're talking about, go back and listen to episode 45 from February 22nd of 2008. Mm-hmm. And then once you've listened to that, come back and listen to my response. Um, I think last time I, I actually said that the that the minecart level was in there. You just have to find the Easter egg to unlock it. Uh, and, uh, no, you said it was a GameStop exclusive that uh, you got a download oh, code from them. Oh, yeah, that was right. it. So that's my answer this time. There's a secret Easter egg in Uncharted 2. If, if you can find it, you can unlock the uh, the minecart level. Uh, it has blimps and zeppelins flying overhead. And uh, <laughs> uh, you should have said it was going to be DLC. 
<laughs> oh, I should have. I should have. <laughs> I'll just like put it off to uh, uh, to the to the uh, to the podcast about a future Uncharted game. There you uh, go. It'll be in the next game. Don't worry. Ooh, yeah. You're in out of development and, time. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> oh God! I knew that was going to come up. All right. Uh, from, <laughs> from VRC, uh, will the predecessor's story carry any real significance with this game? It's a good question. Yeah, um, we wanted to make a game with Uncharted 2 that people could play and completely enjoy without having played Uncharted Drake's Fortune. And I think that a lot of cool episodic fiction is like that, you know. Um, Everything that you need to enjoy Uncharted 2 is right there in the game. uh, There's a bunch of new characters, of course, and we introduce them properly. And then I think we introduce, I'd like to think that we introduce the characters from Uncharted Drake's Fortune. Well, I won't say who they are, no spoilers. Uh, In a way... In a, in a way that lets you understand, you know, their relationship with Nathan Drake and in a way that's relevant to what happens in Uncharted 2. Oh. I do think that if people play Uncharted Drake's Fortune, then Uncharted 2 is even more of kind of a, a delicious experience in some ways. Because, of course, you understand the backstory of the relationship with right. with the other characters. So, yeah, but that was uh, something that we definitely thought about very consciously while we were making Uncharted 2. Okay. And then his next question, I think, has been answered, uh, not today, but I I think I've seen an answer before. But uh, he says, on the uh, multiplayer side, what have Naughty Dog implemented specifically to ensure that the community sustains high numbers past launch? Well, I guess, like, apart from just trying to make the most awesome game that we could make, uh, <laughs> which, which hopefully that will go some way to you know, keeping a, uh, a good community for, for a long time. I think that, yeah, like you say, some of the stuff that we've already talked about, things like the party system and uh, being able to party up together at the end of matchmaking, the cinema mode so that you can share your experiences with people and the machinima that comes along with that. And co-op, I mean, I I think co-op is a really awesome experience for people who, like you, Mark, mainly uh, maybe play single-player games most of the time, but you know want to start exploring um, the world of, of online gameplay. Oh, and then of course um, on naughty at NaughtyDog.com, we're posting players' stats for the online games as well. Which we've gotten go. a lot of comments on already because you guys. I mean, I don't know if you you actually worked with. Um, Guerrilla games at all, but I mean, it looks like you've taken what Guerrilla did with Killzone 2 and just completely expanded on everything that they've done. I mean, your stats section is just getting raves from people on our forums. Oh, that's really good to hear. We do talk to the guys at Guerrilla, actually. Um, they're really excellent guys, and uh, we're always comparing notes with them. I think it's very much, you know, tr- it's very much true that you stand on the shoulders of giants when you're doing stuff like making a a video game, you know, you kind of get the benefit of learning from the experiences of those who've gone before you. So that's, uh, that's great feedback for us. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure gorilla are going to top us with uh, Killzone three. Oh my God. Don't get me started. (laughs) (laughs) I kind of got kind of addicted to Killzone two for a while. So it's a very fine game. Very fine. Yeah. But I have a feeling I'm going to be playing this a lot. You can switch over to Uncharted 2 now. It's yeah, <laughs> maybe I'll, like, weekends I'll play Uncharted 2, weekdays I'll play something else. I don't know. Maybe I'll just play Uncharted 2 all the time. Since Richard's here, I'll say that. <laughs> I'll see you in there. We'll both be there at 2 in the morning. 
Just having one more go. <laughs> just one more, Glenn. <laughs> just one more. No, we got to get that guy. No, one more. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. That's never happened before. No, not yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Uh, Confidence Man 2 asks... <laughs> What were the thoughts behind Naughty Dog's decision to have Uncharted have a movie-like pacing and feel to it, as opposed to the older franchises like Crash Bandicoot and Jack and Daxter? Well, that's a that's a good question, and it's an interesting one, I think, because from my point of view, and of course, I came to Naughty Dog as a fan of the company. Um, I've been here a little over five years now, and I was already a big fan of Crash and of Jack and Daxter um, when I came down to help work on Jack 3. And um, for me, I think Jack, the Jack and Daxter series is actually also very cinematic, you know, it has the the pacing of kind of a great animated feature, um, and I think that that series did a lot to raise the bar in terms of the writing and the animation and the way that the story and the gameplay were integrated together. So for us, Uncharted is a very natural development from those games. When we look back, we do kind of see this very kind of deliberate development. We're always trying to tackle bigger challenges and kind of polish our craft to even to an even greater degree um and i think that it's all come together really in uncharted 2 um which definitely is a massive step forwards for us in terms of cinematic action gameplay uh we talk about the active cinematic experience oh, God, hang on let me put my false <laughs> teeth back in uh, we talk about the active cinematic experience a lot and that's very much what we were going for um we wanted to bring story and gameplay um even more closely together than we had done before by telling story in gameplay you know the comments that the characters make to each other as you're controlling nate and as his allies are accompanying him through the game and um so yeah i guess that uh for me it's very much uh uh, an evolution, and it's really it comes from our personal passions, I suppose, the potential that we see in video games as a form, you know, for both player choice and gameplay and interactivity, and a really good marriage between that and uh, storytelling. And nice. kind of a long answer. Oh, and also <laughs> explosions, of course. See, one, one of the things I really like about even then, you know, the first Uncharted, and I think we're going to see more of that here, is the line between, like, cinematic cutscene and gameplay is so blurred now that you don't know what the heck you're watching. If you're just watching the game, you don't know if you're watching some kind of a cinematic or if you're watching the gameplay. It, it, it's- and, of course, that, that's because the, the cutscenes are rendered in our engine yeah. using all the in-game assets. Uh, that's- and that's a big compliment, Glenn. Thanks. That's one of my favorite parts of the game. You know, when we're planning out the structure of the game, we always try and um, place the cutscenes at uh, points in the flow of the action where the player is naturally going to want a little breather or something. Um, You know, where they've got through some big crescendo of of action or challenge. And um, it's really good to hear you say that you think that it flows very naturally from one to the other, because I think that's part of the way that you can get away with taking control uh, away from the player for a few moments, you know, and and doing some linear storytelling. And then, of course, we always want to support that with with the interactive stuff that we immediately move back into. Right. Yeah. Huh, great answer. <laughs> and the most important. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, this is most important besides the minecart question, of course. Exactly. Well, yeah. Do you prefer the half tuck or the three quarters tuck? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I was I did a poll of the other game designers a little bit earlier earlier on. Uh, of course, the, <laughs> the half tuck has uh, made a big evolution as we've moved from Uncharted to Uncharted Two. Uh, <laughs> I think most people feel pretty happy with about a sixty five percent tuck we're going for right now but um <laughs> of course it's all going to come down to the review of one very important person uh and i'm not sure if tim schaefer has played the game yet but oh, yeah. rest assured that naughty dog checks his blog every morning hoping uh to see his review of naughty of uh, of uncharted 2's half tuck you know, so if you're listening tim <laughs> you've got to come through for us buddy that's that's, that's oh, one of the toughest things about Un, you know, Uncharted 2 coming out on the 13th because Brutal Legend comes out the same day. And, I mean, I'm, uh, I, I am, honestly, I'm telling you right now, I will play Uncharted 2 before Brutal Legend, but I've been a fan of Tim Schafer's, like, as long as he's been making games. And, and I, I w- I've just been, like, in pain over this that both games come out the same day. I'm like, are you kidding me? I've got to say, it's one of the best things about having worked on Uncharted 2 and already have it, having completed it a bunch of times is that I can play Brutal Legend oh. on day of release. Oh, <laughs> lucky. We'll have you on to do, do the review then. I'll, yeah, <laughs> give, me, give me a call that evening. I'll, uh, I'll let you know. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. Uh, all right, well, we're down to two more questions. Uh, Mr. Ne- Actually, the last one we've pretty much covered. Uh, Mr. Nepp says, Uncharted 1 had a good balance of platforming and combat. Will Part 2's single player keep that balance? Or I guess what balance do you think you guys have right now between the platforming and the puzzles, that kind of thing? It's a good question. I mean, I think um, I actually know pretty well the balance of combat and kind of platforming and problem solving in the game because I worked a lot with the uh, the gameplay metrics that we gathered while we were doing a lot of playtesting of the game. Um, and it's, um, you know, it's uh, probably round about half the game, a little bit under half the game is combat and the rest is kind of traversal and and problem solving. But of course, um, the traversal and problem solving kind of bleeds into the combat because we've always tried to make a game where those two things run into each other, you know, so that it's a very natural flow between, uh, you know, one particular play style uh, or one particular kind of play and another. Uh, We definitely um, worked very hard this game to uh, avoid some of the issues that we felt we had in Uncharted where a sequence of combat would go on a round or two too long, if you know what I mean. Right. And, uh, and of course, you know, because we had more time to prepare for making this game and more time to plan, I'm, I'm feeling pretty good about that. Um, so I think that, yeah, uh, I think that players who enjoy the traversal and the problem solving, uh, and in particular our puzzles, we've been getting good feedback about the progression of the puzzles uh, in this game and uh, the way that you can uh, really sink your teeth into them. So I think fans of that stuff will really be satisfied with what Uncharted 2 gives them. Uh, and then, of course, fans of combat have uh, lots of lots of awesome shootouts to get into. Nice. Awesome. So hopefully that's a, that's a that's a reasonable answer. Yeah, it's like un- it, it's awesome, like Uncharted Drake's Fortune. It's just more awesome. <laughs> that should have been your tagline. It's just more awesome. <laughs> it should have been on the front of the box. If it had been down to me, but you know how it goes. 
I have a question, and uh, yes, I was going to ask Evan Wells at E3, but he was insanely busy, so I didn't want to bother him. But was it deliberate that the dagger that Drake has in this game, or Nathan Drake has in this game, is mm-hmm. exactly the dagger that was in the movie The Shadow? Aha! Uh-huh. Well, um, I, th- I think you'll find, sir. I think you will find. <laughs> uh, it's, it's similar. It's super similar. It's not exactly the same dagger. We, did a, uh, we were aware that uh, the shadow had a, a perba in it as well. Of course, the perba dagger is a real thing um, right. uh, from Tibetan religion. Um, I think that it goes back, this is uh, all the reading of Wikipedia that I did early on when we were researching the project. <laughs> it actually goes back all the way to really early Tibetan religion, and it was used for kind of taming wild spirits. You would stab it down into the earth, and it was used to kind of pin bad spirits in a, in a place and make the place ready for doing, uh, you know, whatever Tibetan people do when they're you know, building a, a settlement. <laughs> So you're this saying is where you, the, you know, I was going to say, you, so you're saying that you can't control this one with your mind? <laughs> well, you know, we like to do our research. We don't like to tread on other people's toes in our storytelling. So it, it was just funny because the first time I saw it, I went, wait a second, because I love that movie. As cheesy yeah, as it yeah, is, yeah. And I went, wait a Great second, movie. that's the dagger from the shadow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So yeah, it's the same. It's uh, it's also a perba dagger, but we were okay. we were careful to do to do different stuff with it in our story. Very cool. But it's well spotted though. Why? Thank you. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> I might be old, but I still see things every now and then. <laughs> uh, yes. <laughs> what did you say, Sonny? <laughs> <laughs> what was that? That's my prune juice. <laughs> uh, well, I was a. Uh, perusing the the neogaf official uncharted 2 thread today and they showed the box art from all the versions and i gotta say i actually really like the japanese box art not that i dislike the the u.s and european box art but it's got that kind of like hand-drawn movie poster look that i mean the game is kind of a movie so it fits it's neat it really captures that kind of pulp action adventure movie poster feel doesn't it yeah, it does. That's cool. Could totally have come from, you know, uh, some awesome piece of poster design from like 1983, you know, from the heyday. Uh, hmm. But yeah, thanks. Yeah, those guys, I think, worked hard on that. Yeah, you should, you know, like offer it as a download or something so people could print it out. Uh, and yeah. Use it as an ultimate cover. Hmm. Huh? Huh? Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Just making a note here. Steal <laughs> excellent Although, ideas from you know, we, Mark. We, we, we should have ended this interview like a half an hour ago because you, you like break, broke our first law. You, you came prepared. Yeah. <laughs> it's, the, it's the naughty dog motto. Be prepared. Be prepared for every eventuality, no matter how disastrous. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, Mark, you got anything but, else? Uh, or do we want to let him get back to uh, working on, on what he's working on? Oh, I think... Uh, I've inflated his ego enough. <laughs> yeah, I'm afraid so. I think I think we better cut it, cut it off right here before I declare myself prince of video games. On <laughs> behalf <laughs> of my team, of course. <laughs> hey, can we use that as a title for the episode? I think so. <laughs> prince, prince of video of games. Video games. Mm. Like uh, let's say princess of video games. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Princes and princesses, actually. There's a bunch of the naughty dogs who are women, so uh, 
Not to leave them out. But yeah, I mean, uh, seriously, uh, we, we, it's a really good feeling in the studio here today. It's Life at Naughty Dog is very much about the team. And so on behalf of the whole team, really, I just want to say um, thanks to you guys and thanks to all, all, of your, uh, all of your listeners for just their enthusiasm about our game. Uh, it's really fantastic to hear it. Well, Sweet. sir, thank you that for coming like on the show well again with us. Yeah. Oh, it's a pleasure, fellas. Hopefully next time it won't take so long. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no. Hopefully, uh, um, we will uh, we'll be back in touch before too long. All right, all right. Well, thank you, sir, uh, and thanks to Jill. I know she's listening for uh, arranging all this. And um, <laughs> uh, like I said, hopefully, we'll talk again really soon. And uh, I know that I personally cannot wait to get my hands on this game. Same here. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. And uh, yeah, enjoy Uncharted too. Okay. Well, uh, if you need to take a break. That was a lot of information. <laughs> <laughs> he, I think he would have gone on for two hours if we let him, seriously. Oh, yeah. I think he definitely would have. Yeah. Uh, actually, we probably could have, but <laughs> I, don't, I, don't think, uh, I don't think the PR rep, uh, Jill, would, would be very happy about sitting on the phone waiting for two hours. <laughs> probably not. <laughs> so, uh, And our thanks to Jill for setting all that up. Uh, she's actually helping us out uh, next week. So you'll have about a day to do this, but next week she's actually helping us get somebody. Uh, it's actually the designer for Mag on the show. Uh, so we have posted mm-hmm. a thread in our forums to ask questions for Mag, and you can also email those into podcast at psnation.org. But uh, very, very cool. Uh, you know, two huge interviews in one week or in, in, within two yeah. weeks of each other. Um, That's pretty awesome. So what do, you, what, do you, what do you think about Uncharted 2 after talking to him? Oh God! I well, I'm wearing my Uncharted 2 shirt right now that I got at E3. <laughs> uh, I had already anticipated it being one of my well, I mean, it is one of my most anticipated titles this year, and I in my mind right now it's going to be between Uncharted 2 and Demon Souls for my game of the year. I'm, wow. I'm something could something else could come along, like I could end up falling madly in love with uh, Brutal Legend or something else that may come out before the end of the year, but. Really, it's it's down to those two, and everything. I actually made myself stop reading reviews of Uncharted Two because I was learning too much about it. Oh yeah, and I'm like okay, I gotta stop. Just go play. I want to get through Uncharted One again, like I mentioned in there, and actually started playing it last night after we were done. Um, yeah, it's it's gonna be so cool. I can't yeah. wait. By the way, I uh, for those that don't know, we have a, we have a website. Uh, it's psnation.org, and if you actually go out there right now. When we got on and played last night, we'll talk about this a little bit more in what we played, but I put some uh, screenshots up that you can take right from the game. Uh, so we'll talk about that on what we played, because that was actually really fun. But uh, yeah. I just can't believe this is a demo. I mean, they call it a beta, but literally, this is a multiplayer demo. And, and I can't believe how full-featured it is. I mean, we were even dicking around with it last night. I was just blown away about how much we could do in a demo. And now it's available yeah, to everybody. it's pretty amazing. Yeah, and the whole game will be out in two weeks, so oh. get out there and enjoy it. They do wipe the stats, though, don't they, before the final version comes out? You know, I think they're going to wipe the stats, but I really... I might actually shoot an email off to find out. I really, really hope that we can keep any videos that we uploaded or anything we protected for videos, because yeah. I had a couple of really kick-ass matches that I, that I saved. Uh, I actually got up this morning before work and uploaded two videos from last night because they were just such great matches. <laughs> So nice. <laughs> yeah, I was like, I got up like, oh crap! I got to upload those before I before I lose them. So uh, it's I I can't wait. And for me, I think it's going to be between. I might actually have co games of the year this year personally. 
Uh, I think it's going to be cheating, between... but I might do the same. Yeah, <laughs> it, it might be Uncharted Two and Killzone Two. I, I I can't deny Killzone Two. I mean, that was the game for me for so long, and yeah. it still is. I mean, I still play it. So anyway, all right. Well, let's get uh, to some news here. And uh, eh, we only had a couple things this week. First one I put in there because I have a feeling you probably have a pretty strong opinion of this. Maybe I do, Glenn. Maybe (laughs) I do. (laughs) Yes. Super Street Fighter 4 has been confirmed. And for those who are new to the show, I've talked about, or I had talked about nothing but Street Fighter 4 for like six months straight. Yeah. Because I was so addicted to the game. So yeah, this is uh, pretty huge for me. Rumors have been flying around for two weeks of the stuff, and they finally revealed it, everything on GameSpot. Um, not a whole mess of details yet, but they confirmed T-Hawk, DJ, and a brand new fight, female fighter named Jury are going to be in it, and they showed pics of T-Hawk and uh, Jury. You can find ones of DJ out there that aren't official yet, but it leaked. Ah. There's going to be... Like, they said around eight new fighters. The leaked list that went around that supposedly was confirmed by insiders has ten on it. So, huh. I mean, and they, they could stay or go. They could be hidden. I mean, like, T-Hawk and DJ pretty, got pretty far on the planning stages for the original version of Street Fighter Four and didn't make the cut. So, some characters could be cut. Yeah. Uh, there's going to be new ultras. Um, he said pretty much there's going to be a lobby system now. Uh, the one thing that he did reveal that, or uh, the he I'm talking about is, uh, oh crap, I'm going to screw up his name if I don't find it here. <laughs> yeah, and I can't find it. Uh, is it Yoshitori Ono? I, th- I know his last name is Close Ono. Close to that. The game's producer. I, I'm sorry if I completely screwed that up. I can't find it right now. But uh, it's not going to be a download add-on. It's going to be uh, disc-based only. And we actually got an email about that, so... I threw it right. in there because I figured we could just talk about it right now, so I'll read that quick. Okay. All right. Glenn and Mark, Bob Sagat here with, oddly enough, a Street Fighter Four question. So I recently uh, saw an interview with, oh, Yoshinori Ono. Thanks, Bob Sagat. About <laughs> Super Street Fighter Four, which was will supposedly have six to eight more characters and bonus stages. Uh, he also mentioned that it would be disc-based. Why? Why not make it a digital download? What are your thoughts on this update being disc-based? Thanks, and keep up the great work. P.S. Mark gets a trophy ding for mentioning Michael Jordan's Chaos in the Windy City last week. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, the reason that they give is that this is going to be a major, major update, and it's going to be screwing around a lot with the code, which makes it that it wouldn't be able to be updated through DLC. I mean, I don't know if I 100% buy that, but I'm also not a programmer. I don't know how the hell these things are made. And Destructoid actually put up a really good article today called Shut the Fuck Up about Street Fu- Super Street Fighter 4, <laughs> basically telling people the whiners to, you know, shut up until you know more details kind of thing. And it's true, you know, if they're adding a whole lobby system, I can't imagine that would be easy to retrofit onto the whole online code that was built into the original version. But shit, what do I know? Uh, they did say it's not going to be a full price game, so I'm hoping that means forty, fifty. I think would be too much for not a full price game when it's. I mean, it's Super Street Fighter Four. It's not a sequel. It's an upgrade. Right. And I'm really hoping what they do is just make this like a greatest hits uh, title, like or platinum hits on 360, like they did with um, what was that Lost Planet, where they had the Colony Edition on 360, where it added all this content to it, but it came out at that budget price. Right. So I'm really hoping that's the route they actually end up going with this. And 
it's supposed to be out around spring 2010, so I don't think that's that unlikely. It could happen. Um, I'm obviously looking very, very forward to this. I hope they tweak the hell out of the existing characters and fix the balance a little bit. Um, I'm not going to comment on the rest of the rumored list because right now it's still all rumors, but I'm you know kind of glad like DJ and T Hawk are making it back in. I don't really like T Hawk that much, but DJ was always fun to play, and more new characters is always good. So yeah. hey, there you go. It's Hopefully they'll cool. all be unlocked when you get the game too. Yeah, that's another thing. I'm so sick of unlocking all those characters. <laughs> See, I'm kind of split on this because you know back in the 16 bit days when Street Fighter was just so huge. You would pay full price for the next game, you know. Hyper Fighting yep. came out and whatever else, and and there was one of them was seventy bucks when it first came out. I remember it because it was that like was a huge super, cartridge. I think. Yeah, yeah, so, it was like a twenty-four bit cartridge or something. So, you know, from that aspect, I can see it. You know, where it's a whole new game and everything else. What changes my opinion about it, and I think what makes this a very different scenario, is the fact that people have paid. Upwards of thirty bucks on DLC for the game. Are right. we going to see all these costume packs already in this new game, or is the DLC going to be compatible with the new game? Because if if that's the route that they're going to take, where you have to buy all new costumes and everything else and not be able to use the old ones, that's where I have a problem with it. Yeah, that's a very good point. And uh, in the little GameSpot article, he did say people who have the Street Fighter Four disc, there's something special in right. the works for you, so don't get rid of it. Now, I I want to say Capcom's learned their lesson. Like, I don't think they're going to be charging full price like they did in the the old days because that's all everybody's knee jerk reaction was. Like, oh, Capcom's done it before. Yeah. They're going to do it again. Yeah. I think they're smarter than to milk it that badly. I mean, they're going to still try to get money out of it, and that's why I could see them charging like forty bucks for this disc. But the costumes and everything, I mean, they caught a lot of flack because those were just download keys because everything was right on the disc. Exactly. So I'm really hoping they aren't doing that again. Um, and yes, I I would sincerely hope that all of those costumes are like going to be compatible with the new version. I actually have a feeling they'll just be on the disc unlocked already since it's kind of, you know, is going to be like an upgrade to it, which right. does suck for people who've already spent all that money on it, but... That's also the nature of the thing. Other games have come out with special editions that packed in the DLC they had for sale. So, eh. Yeah, but I always had a, I always had kind of a problem with the pricing of their DLC to begin with. I mean, I bought them, but yeah. which I shouldn't have because I don't play the game that often. But you know, it, it that, that like I said, that that's the biggest thing that bothers me about it. I, I, and if they bring it out at a, at a at a smaller price, I think that's that's the right way to go as well. So we'll see. I mean, it's it's cool to see that they're doing something like this and. It kind of makes sense because they kept saying that they didn't want to make any changes to SF4 for at least a year, yada, yada, yada. Yeah. Um, they also said this isn't going to be in the arcades at all. So it's just going to be a console yeah. game. I'm, I'm not really happy about that because that's usually where they figure out the best balance for the characters and everything through play tests. And yeah. I don't know. I, I'm kind of worried about that. Yeah, well, but we'll, we'll see, see what, what happens, happens in the spring. Yeah. All right. Let's move on. Yeah. So... Uh, Something that we were expecting to be announced, and they didn't announce it, and instead <laughs> scrapped it. Uh, Sony America has scrapped UMD to PSP Go conversion plans for now, uh, in their words. So, uh, Sony Director of Hardware Marketing John Kohler mentioned uh, around E3 that they were trying to get some kind of a process out there to, to start, to you know, if you have the UMD game, to transfer it over to the Go somehow. And, and you know, you and I were talking about it, I remember on... 
on the way to the airport for me three we talked about it quite a bit you know what could they do yeah. and coming up with all these ideas well now it's come out that uh at the moment there's not going to be any any plans whatsoever to uh you know convert your umds over to the go in any way so pretty sucky in my opinion uh they said it's Mine for too. legal reasons and everything else but really do those legal reasons also cover first party games i mean at least you could do something for us yeah, well, Europe's getting the the rewards where they get a couple free games when they buy it, but yeah, we're they not. get three free games and it's all first party stuff. And to be honest, it's not that great of a list, <laughs> but still, well, it's yeah. something. Yeah, it, uh, like if you read my insightful ass point of the month on our site, uh, that was my biggest thing: is that I have a library of UMD games I'm not going to play. But the other side of that coin is that we aren't. I'm not necessarily the target audience for this thing you know they aren't really trying to target people who already have a psp they're trying to sell it to new customers and you know there's the tech geeks like you who want it and like i mean hell i'm a tech geek and i've messed with the hardware at e3 i think it's awesome i think the price is too high and i won't be able to play the games i have so i'm not going to buy it right now right but that's my choice because it's existing alongside the other one which still does most of the same stuff right but it does i mean yeah but what 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 could they do? Because we've been over this before, you know. There's no real way to prove that you have the disc. Even if there's, like, a kiosk in a store, unless they're going to take that disc from you and destroy it when you right. get the digital copy, you could just be, like, renting a game from Gamefly or borrowing it from a friend and, you know, going over to GameStop, putting it in the kiosk and well, downloading and, it. Well, and also, and, and I'll tell you what the rumor was, because I, I heard the rumor for a couple people, but... The thing is, also, when you think about putting a kiosk in a GameStop or something, GameStop opens a copy of every game they put out. So all those GameStop employees will be able to go back there and grab every single UMD and put every single one of them on their account. Yeah. Seriously. Uh, But the rumor was that they were going to set up kiosks in, like, Best Buys, GameStops, Walmarts, that kind of thing. And... uh, that that's the rumor I heard from three different people. I heard a couple other rumors as well, but the kiosk thing seemed to be the most prevalent. Are are they founded? I, I don't know. It's just rumors, yeah. and and that. But that's what I was hearing. You know, we we thought of a couple different things when we went to E three. I mean, you you and I talked about even sending your game into Sony and they send you a code and um, yeah. doing some kind of a transfer thing. But literally, there's no easy way to do this. I mean, you've got a disc that's it's copy protected, but it's not. What did I say? I said we need. To, they need to send you a module that you plug into the PSP and it's USB and it copies the game over to your PSP. It verifies that it works and then it like destroys your UMD right there. Yeah, <laughs> but then that still requires like another PSP or something to even use it. Right. I don't know. It just like there is no real good rational way to do this, and I I, I would be positive that they looked into it because I think they would have been stupid not to. But really, I mean, the legal headaches, the ramifications of it, and it's all going to cost money. And really, in the end, will that money be well spent because they still have the 3000 out there? Yeah. And then they have the go to work alongside it. So Yeah, it's... I mean, even talking to Jeff tonight, and, and you'll hear that a little bit later, I don't think it's... I think, yeah, some of that discussion is going to be in what they hear, but, um, you know, Sony is targeting a very specific market with the Go, and, and that's why the 3000 isn't going away. And, yeah. you know, it, it's obvious. It's kind of obvious now when you start thinking about it, what they're trying to do with it, and it makes sense. It's just, it's it's tough for people that always want to have the newest, coolest thing. You know, you got to start making those financial decisions. What do I want to do? Yeah, I still think the price is way too high, though. So do I. 
But that's not going to stop me, I'm sure. Nope. Never has before. Nope. Not at all. Now that I have a job. All right. On to the last <laughs> one, which I uh, figured you'd want to talk. We, we, we mentioned this last week, but I figured we uh, we go over the actual titles. Yeah. Now it's official. Uh, NIS is re-releasing a bunch of their old PSP titles at a discount, and they've announced that they will be bringing Holy, the sequel to Holy Invasion of Privacy Badman, What Did I Do to Deserve This, to the U.S. is now called Holy Invasion of Privacy Badman 2. Um, oh, wait, it doesn't have the subtitle on there. Oops. Aw. I don't know what it is either. Well, listen to last week's episode if you want to know what it was, because we had it yeah. on there. And they're also going to be bringing, oh god, how the hell do you pronounce this, Atelier Rorona to the PS3. I think you got it perfectly. <laughs> wow. Which is a very cutesy looking RPG. Hmm. Um, but hey, more JRPGs. Woo! Yay. Woohoo! So yeah, the, the list of oh, discounted yeah. titles discount. is pretty nice. <laughs> uh, they're yeah, going to be uh, bringing these out, and this is only for basically one week on, on the PSN. Uh, the price range between four ninety nine and nine ninety nine. So they're bringing uh, Blade Dancer Lineage of Light, Disgaea Afternoon of Darkness, Dragoneer's Area Area, Dragoneer's Area. It's my area over here. <laughs> uh, Holy Invasion of Privacy, Badman. What did I do to deserve this? Monica Student Alliance and Prinny. Can I really be the hero? Uh, all between five nice. and ten bucks, basically. So there's actually a couple there I'm gonna get. Me too. Um... I really recommend... I'm sure Holy Invasion of Privacy Badman is going to be one of the $10 titles, but I highly recommend it for that price. Because the game is fun. It is it is a little light on content, but I think I think it's really cool. It's just way different. And play yeah. the demo if you, don't, if you haven't played it. But I'm definitely picking up Prinny. Can I really be the hero? Because I never got that. Right. You know, I have Disgaea Afternoon of Darkness on UMD, but if, if that's one of the $5 titles, I may double dip on that. Wow. But if it's ten, I'm not sure. So it'd be nice to just have the copy this. Yeah, well, that's kind of what I'm thinking. Eventually, I'm probably going to get a go, and it'd be kind of nice to have that on there because I love that game. Well, also you can put it on your memory card in your current PSP. Yeah, and just have it there when I want to play it. Yeah. Hmm. So yeah, yeah, no, very cool. And and uh, from what Jeff was saying, and well, I mean, by the time you hear this, the the store update's already out. Uh, They actually released it at like nine o'clock wednesday night uh because of all yeah. the content and he said it's like i don't know how many games like hundreds of games i said over a hundred umd games or something yeah so there's gonna be a big selection what i'm hoping and, and you know like i said by the time you listen to this this will already be out but what i'm hoping is that maybe we see some of these umd legacy titles that are a little bit cheaper unlike you know historically yeah you know, that's kind of nice. what's gonna really make my decision if i like get a go anytime soon it's like seeing how expensive some of these are yeah. these old titles are like 30 bucks on there I'd be like no way <laughs> <laughs> oh, and that's the thing i mean my my example has been for the last couple of weeks that you know i found god of war chains of olympus for five bucks on amazon new yeah yeah uh, and it's on umd so and that's always been my kind of my excuse for keeping my psp 3000 as well as getting a go is that yeah. I might find a game that I really want on UMD used or something else because one one disadvantage of going all digital is that I can't buy used games anymore. Yep. So, all right. Oh, well. well, we've talked enough about Jeff. Uh, we might as well just get right to the interview with him. How about oh, that? I suppose. Our right. good buddy, Professor PlayStation. <laughs> well, he's he's more of a, an acquaintance for me than a buddy, I suppose. <laughs> well, you've met him. You've hung out with him. <laughs> so i was talking to jeff he went to tgs and i've been talking to him the last few days about tgs and everything else and i said 
why don't you come on the show and talk to us and, and kind of go over what you saw and, and you know we need to be able to make fun of you to your face for a change so <laughs> we uh we got jeff on and we, we talked to him right before we recorded tonight and uh well, let's just go to it and uh listen to what jeff has to say and when we come back we'll uh we'll actually we'll take a break right after jeff and uh, when we yeah. come back we'll have the review of motorstorm arctic edge well, we are joined by, a, I would say, a good friend of ours. Uh, we haven't had him on the show for quite a while, though. Uh, Mr. Jeff Rubenstein. Steiner, is it Stein? What do you like? It was Stein, and that was a ringing endorsement. You're like, yeah, I kind of don't hate this guy. Nah. Yeah. I never want to say, oh, big friend of the show, because then you're like, not really. Well, I, would, I, would, I, I, I would like to think so. Okay, we'll start over. I, enjoy, I always enjoy calling in on the show, and I always okay. enjoy listening when, when I'm on it. <laughs> and that's the only time he listens thank god and just that just that one section <laughs> yeah. uh, is that why you uh, always ask me for a time code gold <laughs> podcasting Awkward history is made into. every time jeff is on the show mm-hmm. wow. so <laughs> besides the regular stuff and we've been talking for like a good 20 minutes already but uh we wanted to get your thoughts on tgs i mean you went over to tgs you got to hang out with the governor and uh, you actually ha- hung out with Martin, from what I heard. Uh, so we yeah, just like, yeah. Yes. And Martin, Martin's a good guy. He uh, insisted on uh, taking us to some chicken place in Shibuya or Shinjuku, which took us like an okay. hour and a half to find. I was like, this place better be <laughs> effing ridiculous. Because <laughs> we were walking around in circles. I and mean, Shinjuku is like, I think, like the biggest train station in the world. And <laughs> it's got literally 16 exits. And we we came out of, I think, just the the worst one to come out of and had to just walk around in circles for a while. <laughs> oh but, it, you know, it was good. And, uh, and so, you know, it was worth it. But, you know, it was, it was cool. Just, it's always good to see a friendly face when you're in a country where uh, you, you don't speak the language and yeah. everything is like completely foreign and, and, and they're driving on the wrong side of the road and everything's a bit crazy. And then someone, you know, shows up and is like, Hey, I'll drive you to uh Makahari, which is, you know, where, where TGS is at. And, right. Um, so that, so that was really cool. Until somebody left nice. his lights on and, uh, killed his battery and he had to wait for a jump start. Did that happen? <clears throat> yeah. It was yeah. Really good. I rode in with him. I didn't, I didn't ride back cause we had to stay late <laughs> and, oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. Poor guy. I took what I needed and I was gone. Exactly. <laughs> well, I mean, that, that's pretty much what you got to do, but <laughs> yeah, you know, move on to the next planet. So, so, um, yeah. And then Jim, we're calling him the governor. Are we sticking with that? I think we're going to stick yeah. with governor PlayStation that one of our listeners actually came up with that right away. And I think Jim had something else in mind, but it just sounds so good, for, especially for us Americans. Cause you know, we, we know nothing of the culture, so we just have to go with our stereotypes. Yeah. Pretty it's much just muffin. Dick Van Dyke from, uh, Mary Poppins. That's all we know. Exactly. Yeah. Ch- chimney sweet PlayStation. Yep. <laughs> yeah, Mary Poppins. Hey, Jim, pip, pip. <laughs> so, how, about, well, I, how about six pence access so something like that i think uh, we can yeah we can get a little more clever governor playstation is it, it's a good start but i think that we can uh it's just it's such fertile ground that that english humor we'll have to work something out with gem where maybe finally they give it get us something to give away to our european listeners and we'll have a contest to uh to give him, a, him an official nickname i think that works although you don't like nice. your nickname do you it's not a matter of liking or disliking. It, it, it is what it is. <laughs> I think it indicates a certain level of intelligence that I don't necessarily possess. But we can go with it. Lab coat. So, 
Well, I, I gotta ask this then because have have anybody else called you that at work? Yeah, it's you've done a good job of making it stick. So occasionally, and and it's not exactly spoken with reverence. They're like, "All right, Professor PlayStation." Well, you're like the uh, evil professor. You're like Professor Evil. Yes, it's exactly like that. Oh boy. So, uh, yeah, it, and and someone, and I don't know who it was, like hung up a picture of like uh, uh, Bunsen burner from from Muppets. <laughs> Like, with me labeled, and then Beaker was Chris Morrell. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if it just showed up on our cube one day. It's still hanging up there. I have no idea where that came from. It, it was really funny because then I sent it to Jeff like two weeks later on I Am. I was like, God, this is still funny to me. And right away, he's like, where did that come from? <laughs> I'm not sure how it ended up here. It's a little, a little creepy. You know, we, we we've gotten to know people there in Foster City, and uh, you know, we, we have friends. No, I think I just I think I just figured it out. <laughs> Zaku Pilot. Who? <laughs> I, I don't know anybody by that name. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. clearly not. There's so, some guy that works at Hudson by that name. I'm sure it's not me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, um, so so I mean, what were your? Did you really know a lot of these announcements before you got to TGS? Yeah, I mean, the TGS wasn't really very announcement heavy. Um, and it rarely is. It's, it's usually not uh, really focused as internationally as stuff like E3 and, and recently Gamescom are. Um, you know, it, there were some things that were, you know, mostly focused on the, on the, the Japanese audience, like the uh, really, really killer 250 gig Final Fantasy bundle, which I'm trying to somehow justify because the, that white <laughs> 250 gig unit with like lightning on the front that it's, everyone was like, pink on it. I need to, I need to get it. I need to get it. And I want a pink. Do I really on. need a fourth PlayStation? Of course. Yeah, you do. Well, you got a professor. Pink's well, black. exactly. Cause we're uh, this way. You know, we'll have one or two just for folding because that seems like a, you know, a very professor, professorial thing to do. But, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you know, uh, we, we had heard about a few of the things that were going to be shown and, and, you know, it was cool to see him in action and, you know, I was there mostly for software reasons because I knew that um, White Knight, uh, for instance, was going to be announcing uh, voice chat is coming uh, right. to the North American European version. That was something that everyone had asked for. And I was like, when, when, when you guys get to announce this, when it is absolutely confirmed, the comments on the blog are just going to be like, voice chat? Cool. I'll pre-order. You know, that's what people were waiting for. So it's, no, it's always cool no, no. when. What the comments always are on the blog are, when are we getting universal voice chat? Well, there's a fair amount of that, but the, you know, when you get to just focus on the game, when you have the on-topic comments, yeah. and when when people get to see, you know, that something that they really wanted um, is coming, and because they asked for it, you know, vocally, that's when you know that's a huge win for us, and it's, it's obviously a huge win for for the gamers. True. So yeah. stuff like that was like you know some of the more exciting stuff. Plus, I got to interview Ueda uh, San. And that was really cool because, you know, he's definitely, he's an icon. So, That's you know, true. just getting to sit down with him was, was a highlight for me, like, career-wise, not just for this time in Japan. So, one of the things that we heard in uh, your interview for uh, Shadow of the Colossus and Eco and Last Guardian, of course, were he would also like to see maybe a new compilation come out with Shadow of the Colossus and Ico or Eco or whatever you want to say. Uh, right. I, I don't want to put words in his mouth, but you, you saw the quotes. Um, yeah. In fact, I didn't even ask that question because I already had, you know, I was in the room when uh, Joystick and 
uh, and Kotaku would ask the same question. And, you know, he indicated that he's interested. Now there's a oh long God. ways to go from, from UA to saying he's, he's interested to, you know, something, you know, showing right. up on your doorstep or on, you know, in, in Walmart, but him, it's better than him saying he's not interested. Very so, true. Uh, yeah. Nothing to announce there, but, you know, hey, fingers crossed. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and in the meantime, I'm really looking forward to the God of War collection because uh, we were just talking about it today. And, uh, you know, it's it's definitely a, a great reason to play through it again, even if you already have beaten it. Obviously, it's a must-have for anyone who has seen God of War 3 and never really played through either one or two or both. But mm-hmm. even if you already have and beaten it like, like I have, and I'm sure you guys have, you're going to absolutely want to play through it again. You know, I'm pretty stoked for it. I think it's a good yeah. price point, and it's nice that the titles are actually being upgraded a little bit. So, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited for those. I yeah, too. Absolutely. I actually sold my old copies, so I'm going to buy the new one. Oh. <laughs> I sold them specifically so I could, you know, put money towards the, the new one. Wow. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see, Welcome what else do we hear about? <laughs> well, we saw more of the motion <laughs> stuff. We saw Resident Evil 5 with the motion. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Now, some people did say that it looked kind of clunky where he was using the DualShock 3 in the left hand to move and the, and the motion control in the right hand. But I also said to people that might not be the final... You know, It looks like they're working on it, but it's obviously not the final code to actually use the motion in the game. So who knows what they're going to do. Right, and we haven't seen really even the, very, the final controller setup yet. So, you know, definitely too early to be judging. But really what I guess everyone wants to... What we're trying to get across is the functionality and the accuracy is unparalleled uh, with the motion controller because it yeah. tracks fully in three dimensions and um, there's a lot of really cool potential apps for it. So, um, yeah, Ooh. I'd say wait and see. You're going to see a lot more cool stuff out of that. Was the uh, Resident Evil motion control version confirmed for the U.S. or didn't they say anything about that yet? They didn't say anything about it. That was actually shown in the SCEJ in the, in the Sony Computer Entertainment Japan press conference. Okay. So really, anything that was shown in there was really only confirmed yeah. um, for that. So you know, same thing with Little Big Planet. So as likely nice. as it seems, uh, there is no official word. Right. All right. That's cool. So I look forward to. It. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I I've never been a big proponent of motion controls, but. I do actually think that the Sony one's the best one out there so far. I I, I like having something in my hand, and and well, that sounded <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sort of. I like having a, a controller or something to interact with. You know, no, no, I, absolutely. And, 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 uh, and uh, thing that you know, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, you know, take a whiz all over Natal, but you know, because I, I haven't played it yet. But I, there's a reason why Guitar Hero caught on and rock band caught on more than just standing there air guitaring. Right. And right. you know, anyone can do that. And I think there's actually some like toys that sort of do like an air guitar thing, but rock band people, you know, you, you want to feel like you're actually, yeah. all of a sudden. there's something to be said for, you know, incorporating uh, a tactile response. And, you know, I agree with you there. It's, it's nice to hold on to something. Right. Yeah, that's pretty much exactly what we were saying after we saw the E3 demos of both and the technology is awesome, but I really got to try it before I can make a judgment on it. But yeah, the tactile response counts for a lot. I agree. Yeah, I just can't imagine trying to play Burnout Paradise with my hands out in front of me for like three hours. I I, I would pay uh, to see that. Uh, you do. I, I don't money. disagree. So anyway, mm-hmm. 
and then, well, of course, it was a big surprise. You know, they released the Japanese demo for for MGS Peace Walker uh, for PSP, which I downloaded right away. And even though it's in Moon mm-hmm. Language, played through and holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, I think now the only words that I can read in, in Japanese are invert x-axis and invert y-axis, because I had to fumble through the controls to figure that out. That was a pretty robust demo. I mean, yeah, you said you played it, and I you know, I played through over at the, this Konami presentation. And, you know, I still don't know that I've seen everything there is to see in it, so that was really cool. I mean, it shows confidence, I think, from Kojima's team that they're willing to show so much of it and to distribute so much of it ahead of time. I can't believe they're so yeah. far along in that game. Yeah, that's you know, that, and, and that remained that, secret for a long time. I'm yeah. impressed. Yeah, and it uh, just you know brought me back some good memories of uh, Metal Gear Solid Three, and you know even just like the way you go from section to section and you know showing on the map and all that. And, um, yeah. I, I want to be stabbing snakes. Hopefully they'll, they'll come back. <laughs> eating them. Well, now you just got to get an English version of the demo on the store for US PSP Go owners. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you, if you have a PSP, I have it on my go. So, I mean, the version that's, oh, that's out true. there right now, you can download it. And, um, yeah, because you don't have to put it on a memory stick or anything. Or, I mean, you can, if you have a go when, you, when that comes out, uh, you know, on the first, then you can go ahead and you know, stick it on M2, or you can just um, attach the USB and just drag it in there. Works just oh, fine. Sweet. Yeah, Jeff's mm, had maybe it I should. for a while. He's been talking about it. Yeah, rubbing it in our faces. Pretty much. Yeah, well, I figure I knew you wanted one, and I know you're getting one, so I, I figured it was fair enough. I could I could rub it in your face a little bit, <laughs> make it a little bit, just you know, trying to build anticipation. You made Glenn really cry. Is, it really is awesome. <laughs> Maybe. You know, you're on my list now, Rubenstein. I've always been on the list. <laughs> <laughs> you're lucky there were so many people around at the PS Blog meetup at, the, at E3. Yeah, yeah, you couldn't you couldn't get within choking distance of me. <laughs> that was crazy. <laughs> yeah, that was a good time. So you want to talk more TGS? Yeah, so, sure. Yeah, you know, yeah. Um, I'll interview myself here. That's so, fine. So Jeff, what, what, what were some of the more interesting things you played? <laughs> no, um, so yeah, I, you know, I've never made a secret of the fact that I really love uh, Valkyria Chronicles on right. PS3. So you know, one of the things that I was you know, on the show for that made a beeline for first thing I did was, you know, I wanted to talk to, uh, to Q games. I wanted to talk to Dylan and that was like the first thing we shot as soon as we got down there, but we made our way over to, to Sega's booth and, um, they had a really cool Valkyria set up and like where they even had like the, the people like walking you through the, the initial, um, instructions and how to play and everything mm-hmm. were, were dressed up like, uh, like Alicia Melchiot from, oh, wow. from the game. Oh, it, cool. it was really cool. And there was like a 20 minute, uh, you know, orientation that was entirely in Japanese. So, you know, that, <laughs> I don't know how good my, my comprehension there was, but the, the cool thing is that when I actually got to play and I get, you get to play through a whole mission and I didn't rush you or anything is that it's, you know, really cool. And you're able to pick it up and just, you know, go straight away. So they, they did an amazing job with it, um, thus far. And, you know, Still not coming out here until the summer, so Ugh. obviously more work will be done. So pretty comparable but, to the uh, PS3 game, though. Yeah, I mean the visuals are not is never going to look as good as the PS3. Right. But right. The gameplay is there, and you know the experience is there, and that's the key thing is being able to take that on the go. Very and, cool. Um, you know, huh. so definitely one to watch for, and I'm glad it's you know coming out in the summer. That's a good time to have a good portable game when you're 
you know, is, maybe going around and traveling a lot. It's, it, it's so refreshing right cool. now because a lot of, the, you know, we, we see the, even in E3, we saw this big push of taking a lot of the PS3 franchises and bring them down to the PSP. And, you know, a lot of us were worried, especially like a Gran Turismo or a, a Motorstorm or anything else. And, you know, Mark and I have both had Gran Turismo Mar- Motorstorm for a few weeks, and they're both really <laughs> good. And yeah. to see these awesome translations, are, it's, it's very refreshing to to get your hopes up and actually, like, not get let down. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty impressive what they can push out of the machine. I mean, it, you know, came out in 2005, and you're still able to, you know, surprise you with, you know, visually what they can, make, what they can pump out of the machine. And um, when I met up with Ubisoft maybe like a month ago to see Assassin's Creed in action, and the, the developers, uh, Grip Shift, um, mm-hmm. they, were, um, they were like, yeah, it's really more powerful machine than, you, than, you, than we imagined, you know? Um, and they don't have to cut nearly as many corners as you might think. Nice. So, um, yeah, and That's I think cool. you're seeing that more and more. I mean, this is, I would say this is going to be, this, is, this next six months or so, starting October 1st, is going to be like the best six months, you know, easily in the history of, of the PSP so far. And yes. to be four and a half years into it, and and now get it. I mean, that's pretty awesome for a handheld. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, it is. I, the stuff I've been seeing lately is insanely impressive. Like Dissidia and like yep. Lancet Gran Turismo and Motorstorm. Just yeah. Wow. Oh, and, and you haven't. And when you when you get your goes, you'll find like I I really feel like the analog stick is much smoother um, than the on um, some of the current editions of the PSP. So. Um, you know, at least compared to my 2000, it, it moves much smoother. So, you know, yeah. I wasn't using my D-pad, and especially in Motorstone. It's using the analog control and really having really tight control. So hmm. try that out. Let me know what you think. But make sure I'm not, you know, that I'm not smoking crack. But I thought it was really <laughs> working well. Well, it seemed like that to me when we were playing with it at E3. Yeah. Yeah, and those I don't think were finished versions. So, you know, when you get, and it was anchored down to something. So when you really hold it in your hand, you'll find that it's, it's solidly built, but it's lighter than you'll expect. Right. And, um, and it, it fits in your palm really nice. Cool. We're talking cool. about the PSP guy. That's what she said. Yeah, yeah. there we go. <laughs> <laughs> had to get that in, Yeah. Uh, the another thing that I saw that, you know, is that it, now I just absolutely have to have, and, you know, going back to that, to that bundle, is, is Final Fantasy thirteen because I had it running. It was actually in the PlayStation booth, and... Um, you know, you've seen all the trailers and all this, but actually yeah. watching the game go, and it's just the in-game visuals are so much better than any of the previous generation's cutscenes were. Uh, you know, the CGI. It's just, it's, it's just such a pretty game. And, it, you know, I don't know if you played a lot of 12, if you're a big fan of 12. is sort of a, a diversion, I yeah. guess, from the, the typical type. And, and I like 12, but... Um, it was hard. It was hard to get used to it. It wasn't, you know, the typical way that, that Final Fantasy, had, you know, that we were used to from, you know, ten and all the ones before that. And yeah. this is more like back to that. And uh-huh. it's really, I mean, there's still some live action stuff. You're going to be steering and doing some stuff like with uh, with your summons and, and whatever. But I think it's going to feel more like, you know, getting into a comfortable pair of shoes than Twelve did, which was maybe for some people might have felt like a fish out of water. So really. Absolutely worth watching, and um, nice. like literally watching, like just watching someone to play it is you know really entertaining right now. No, was thirteen versus playable? Thirteen versus was not playable. Um, they just showed they showed some footage. Um, it was weird because like the footage that they showed was um, 
it was shot off of, this is not something you typically see on the Square Enix. It shared it behind closed doors after you, uh, in my case, I think it was after I played Birth by Sleep for PSP. Okay. And, mm-hmm. you know, it took you in into this closed area and they showed you all of their trailers. And um, what they did with, with Versus is they just showed footage that was shot off of a monitor, like in Square Enix's studios. And I think it was like sort of to say, you know, because all we had previously seen was CG, to say, you know, this game is real. Uh-huh. You know, it's coming along. It's still, you know, obviously probably some ways off, but it, it's not vaporware is basically, you know, what it seemed to say. Huh. So not enough to really get a feel for the game or anything, but uh, yeah. to let you know that it is coming. And nice. so that's nice to see because I didn't know we were going to see anything on it. Yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't was on that a... list of what was going to be shown, like leading into TGS. So yeah. I was like, why is it versus 13 being shot? And then, okay, they did show it. Hmm. Cool. How was uh, Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep? It was really, uh, I'm trying to compare. I think it would be, you know, if you played a lot of um, Crisis Core, it seemed very yeah. familiar in, in that. Uh-huh. Um, very colorful. I was playing in Japanese, so I didn't know what I was doing. Um, right. You know, at some point, I had to do something for the mouse in Cinderella, and I wasn't sure what I was doing. But it looks like it's going to be pretty challenging. And, you know, visually, it's, I don't know that anyone pushes more visually. Um, that, that, I guess, pre-Gran Turismo, I don't know if anyone pushes more visually out of the PSP than Square Enix is done. Right. And uh, it, it's definitely on that level. And I think it's going to be really good. Fantastic. That being said, really want to play it in English. <laughs> yeah. I know what that damn mouse <laughs> wanted out of me. <laughs> so what was your, uh, your biggest surprise? Or was anything really surprising to you? Hmm. Doesn't even have to be Sony. Anything at the at TGS that was yeah just no a big no I'm um, I'm I'm trying to think because I didn't get to spend nearly as much time on the show floor as I wanted to do. Um, I was definitely surprised that we saw a good Momiji cosplayer at the Techno booth. You know, <laughs> we always have uh, we always have Rachel and I think I've seen an Ayane and having a Momiji one that was that was definitely <laughs> top quality. Oh yeah, you caught me out here. I don't know. You know, you go to a lot of shows and you don't see you're not necessarily surprised because going right. in, I knew exactly what the list was going to be of, uh, who, you know, who was going to be there. You know, I didn't, I, I was definitely surprised to see the versus 13 footage and the way they did it. That was definitely a, a break from tradition, uh, from what we've seen from square. So I guess that was very surprising, but you know, as far as the title list and everything and, and what a lot of the stuff was looking like, um, had a pretty good idea going in and it was just getting, um, getting the opportunity to speak more in depth. So it was, it was a good trip. Oh, cool. cool. What did you guys see from home that you uh, you liked or man, have some more questions about? Uh, I like seeing that Gran Turismo 5 is doing more with the damage than I think a lot of people were expecting, where mm-hmm. you're actually rubbing the paint right off and, and just how polished the game looked, even though Martin said that the build was there, that was there was kind of a little screwy at the moment. Um, but, you know, it's not a finished game, but... Uh, somebody took a video of it and actually purposely drove into every wall they could find just to <laughs> show all the real-time paint damage and everything else to the vehicle. And yeah, to see that a, it's not it's just the race cars. And... Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, uh, it's not. It's not. Uh, pretty much everything can is going to show some level of damage. I do think the race cars will show more where you might see like a spoiler getting ripped off and things like that. Right, right. So it was, it was nice to see that. It was, it was uh, a little bit of a surprise because you never know what you're going to get because they've never really come out and just said, okay, here's what it's going to be. So mm-hmm. 
it's nice to see visually like how it's actually going to look instead of somebody describing it to me. Uh, mine was kind of double. The uh, first of the uh, White Knight Chronicles announcement that it'll have voice chat because I'm really looking forward to that one. And like you said, everybody's been begging for that, and it's awesome that it will actually be coming. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also seeing more footage of Valkyria Chronicles for PSP because I'm a huge fan of the game, but I'm very guilty of not having finished it yet. But I do oh, think it's oh, that needs to be. Right I know. Right. <laughs> I know. Uh, yeah, I'll be honest. I, I don't know. You might be like one of these people who's stuck at some point because there's probably three or four points in the game. There's where, a couple really, really challenging parts. Yeah, yeah. So but it's I will finish it. it. I mean, again, it just ties it all together, you know, so well. And so looking forward. I'm just to waiting for the trophy finish. patch. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm not. No, but <laughs> <laughs> it's one of the best PlayStation exclusives out there. So I'm actually super excited to see it continuing. You know, on PSP, even it's awesome. So. Can't wait. Yeah. 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 I mean, it, it was nice to see just some of the other stuff, but it, it was, well, it was kind of funny because everybody expected the, the keynote to be the, the main, like the main press conference, and they didn't do anything at the keynote really, except for sit yeah. and talk to one of the yeah, guys. Yeah, it's really who, just uh, some announcements like, you know, how quickly the uh, the 120 gig PS, uh, PS3 is selling, right? which is really impressive, and, and just mentioning a few other things. But it, it was kind of funny because everybody's like, that sucked. And then I'm like, you know, there is another press conference in like 90 minutes. And Andrew didn't even know that. He didn't even realize it. Yeah. I, was on, uh, I was on IM with him. I goes, are you going to go to the uh, SCEJ thing? And he goes, what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I think he was up because we were doing a uh, the White Knight Chronicles thing right about then. I think he was up there. Yeah, that was upstairs. And yeah, so. Yeah. Um, no, I mean it was it was nice. There were there were some cool things that were shown, and and it was it was nice to see some actual gameplay footage of thirteen, like you said. Somebody put a really good high res video up of it. So you know, overall it was pretty cool. I mean, we, we saw the the trailer for White Knight Chronicles two, which I think was a shock to a lot of people that it's coming out that quickly. But when you think about it, it's been out in Japan for a while. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, when I was there last year, it was already out, right. and actually had been out for for probably five six months so it was uh you know like in that vein of one of the cool things i wouldn't say it was surprising because you know again i knew these titles but compared to last year there was a lot more ps3 exclusives and psp exclusives uh, than i'd seen previously and you know speaking with techno uh who, who's uh, working on quantum and then you had um a quantum theory and then we uh we were speaking with um koi on um trinity which looks like it could be a pretty cool game um, yeah. You know, it's based on all the trailers and stuff we've seen. So, and then obviously there's just a ton. I mean, PSP is so huge, you know, in Japan that, uh, you know, there's so many different other niches that it, that it seems to fill. I mean, because it's just a very big, you know, portable haven with, you right. know, so many people yeah. taking public transit. And so, I mean, on almost every car, you're going to see people playing games on every, you know, metro rail car. And yeah, that's so, awesome. It, it, that's why I think you see so many awesome PSP games, like from from Square, for instance. Hmm. Yeah. So, what are we going huh. to uh, see soon on the blog? Do you have anything planned for us in the next couple of weeks? Any good video interviews or anything like that? Yeah. Well, we still have a few more. Um, we're just getting the rest of it. I mean, there's a huge week with the launch of the Go and just like this huge store post. Um, you know, that just has uh, like like a hundred UMD games are hitting in one day. Jesus. Um, there's going to be just yeah. so much stuff. So. That's sort of pushing things, some things aside, but we do have a few um, interviews left to get out there, like Level 5 we, we talked with, and 
um, the, the Tecmo and Koi games that I had mentioned. So we want to we want to get those out there. And actually, you'll see Gem on the blog. So um, I'm sorry, we'll see the governor on the blog. <laughs> Hello, governor. So we you know we spent a lot of time out there you know teaming up. Uh, you know, there's no reason to have separate interviews from Europe and the U.S. when you know PlayStation fans just want to see. Um, they want to see the titles they want to see. Why, why should we? Why should we split it up when we can team up and and do these things? So I think we'll yeah. we'll be doing a lot more of that. <laughs> cool. Well, Plus, if- Jen's got an accent, so which makes it just instantly <laughs> more entertaining. <laughs> well, Jeff, we'll let you uh, get back to work. I know you're still editing videos and everything, and uh, you know I think you're on a good show because we had a great interview with with Richard Lamarchand before, and I think we're going to have a lot of people listening. So some, hopefully, some people will actually awesome. find out who you are. Yeah, yeah, for once, right? Yeah. But um. Actually, you guys, speaking of Richard, um, are you guys going to be uh, making it to any of the Uncharted events, the uh, the, the theater events? Because there's one in Chicago. I know, which, I wish. Uh, should be driving distance for you, right? Yeah, for me, no. That's a good six-hour drive, but the problem is it's a Monday or a Tuesday. There's yeah. no way. Yeah, it's, uh, next, it's uh, next coming Monday. It's going to be really cool. We're doing it here in San Francisco, so if any of your listeners are in the area, uh, absolutely, we'd love to see you. It's going on Monday and Tuesday, and then uh, also in Seattle and Los Angeles, in addition to Chicago. So yeah, Chicago's in Rosemont. Pretty fun event. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, the LA one, I think, is in Thousand Oaks, but the LA area. Yeah. I <laughs> seriously, I wish I could go, but they're yeah, that's a little bit too far for me. Yeah, it's a see where your priorities are, but. Yeah, we got real life jobs we got to take care of. Yeah, I don't want to <laughs> lose this one, so I can afford my gaming habit. <laughs> I suppose that's the good long-term decision. <laughs> I'm getting old, Jeff. I got to take care of myself now. <laughs> What's well, the now? Yeah, that's true. All right, man. Well, uh, you know, I, I wanted—I do want to say that I don't think a lot of people realize. Um, literally, we would not be where we are in terms of how much access we get to Sony and to developers if it weren't for this man, uh, Jeff has been a bigger help to us than anyone, really. And, you know, we, we joke around a lot, but in all seriousness, I mean, we can't thank you enough, and I, I hope that we continue to, to work together. And like I said, I consider us friends. I hope you do the same. And, and I, I honestly just want to thank you for all your support, sir. Absolutely. Well, you know what? You've earned it, and it's been really easy to uh, to sort of, talk to the other people on the team and say, Hey, you know, this, this PS3 podcast is, is really good. And, um, and, and because you've gone and then, and then had, you know, done whatever with, with the different, uh, people you've interviewed. And then the, the people I recommended you to have come back to me and said, Hey, thanks for that. These guys were really good. And, and, and more importantly, you know, the developers or whoever you were interviewing had a great time on the show and and felt that it was a a great interview. So, uh, you guys have earned it all. You are, Definitely uh, the number one podcast that's out there. Aww. So um, keep that Aww. going. And um, thanks, man. That's you know that's really awesome. So you know, again, keep it going. Thanks. We really appreciate it. I don't know what to say. Tear <laughs> up. Gonna, you don't want to cry into that five thousand dollar <laughs> microphone. <Yeah. laughs> I, I sent uh, Jeff a picture of my my microphone before, and I have like this old Elvis <laughs> microphone, the Chrome one. And what did you say? Something like is that from? The, uh, World War of the Worlds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like something Orson Welles was hacking and coughing into in the in the twenties. That's right, Johnny. Listen to Kitler. Any chance you get? Listen to Kitler. 
I think, yeah, that was a Industry Science Theater reference. Uh, Kittler loves I, I you. I couldn't get that one by you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know why people try. All right. Jeff, we'll All right, talk Dargo. soon. Thanks very much for coming on the show with us, and uh, hopefully it won't be Always as... A pleasure. Uh, Hopefully it won't be as long of a, a, a duration this time, and, and uh, we'll get you back on sooner. All right, awesome, definitely. Mark, take it easy. Hi to Pika for us. Thanks, Jeff. Yeah, thanks, Dick. Take it easy, Jeff. Tiggy Jingle. All right, and welcome back to the show. Our thanks again to uh, Jeff for coming on the show. And uh, hopefully we made him really late on some work that he was doing and he gets in trouble. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh, <laughs> poor Jeff. Uh, all right. Well, our, our one review this week, we were going to do another one, but I think we're running long. So we're, we're going to hold off on the Dissidia review till next week. Yeah. Because uh, most but, people probably played it already because it's been out for a while. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true, too. Um, and, and this one actually just came out today, basically. Uh, comes out on the store tonight or tomorrow morning, whatever yeah. you hear this. Uh, yeah, can we reveal that we saw the store list? Teehee. Well, yeah, but because by the time yeah. this is out, the store will already be updated. Uh, pretty pretty neat yeah. list. Not, not too bad. I mean, there's some things yeah, in there. Yeah, between what are, we were just talking about like 20 minutes ago and, you know, our break, we actually saw the list. And yeah. <laughs> so. It's not bad. Yeah, not bad there's at all. There's a huge update. There's some very good price stuff on there. Like some of the newer, newer stuff is like in the 30 to 40 range, but it should still be expected. Even if it is just a download copy, it's still, you know, considered full retail. Right. So. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah we'll talk about that next week. I'm, I'm sure there's a few that we're going to give a try to. Uh, oh, so. Yeah. Reviewing uh, Motorstorm Arctic Edge for the PSP. Uh, Mark, Mark and I have vroom, had this vroom. for, like, what, three, four weeks now. And I at least have played it a ton, uh, so much so that I actually wrote a review for it and put it up on our site, yeah. which I will be uh, referring back to when I do this review. Uh, we're not going to make this too long because, like I said, you can definitely go out and read the review. It's a lot more fleshed out on the site. Yeah. Uh, so, Plus, the more I talk, the worse I'm feeling. So I'm not going to talk that much. Yeah. So essentially, you know, Motorstorm's been on the PS3 a couple times now, and we we saw some stuff at E3. We got to play a build of it at E3 for the PSP. And I was actually pretty surprised at how good it was at E3 even. I, I was very yeah. afraid of what we were going to get when they announced that a, a PSP version was coming out because the PS3 version, especially Pacific Rift, is still one of the showpieces for the system in my opinion. Um, just every trick in the book they use, uh, you know, the deformation, yeah. all the different lighting effects, everything. It's just, it's awesome. Even running split screen, it's incredible. Yeah. Uh, so, Motorstorm Arctic Edge, or the PSP, is really good. It's a great representation mm-hmm. of the series. Uh, you know, it's it's kind of funny when you when you take some of the pictures, with it, has, it uses the screenshot, uh, the photo mode, that's built into some of the games, so you can actually take screenshots, put them right out to the UMD. And I, I kept posting these pictures, and I kept saying, you know, the game looks a lot better in motion than it does in these pictures. And I would go back and forth between them, and, and it's true. I mean, the game just looks really good. The frame rate's solid. The graphics are good. The textures look really good. Um, obviously, there's not as much... Actually, I don't think there's really any anti-aliasing, but on that small screen, that isn't really an issue when you think about you mm-hmm. know playing it on a 4.3-inch four, screen. Uh, but what you get is a full career mode, uh, and basically you go up a tower, like there's a, a winding walkway around a tower, and you just keep kind of going up and up and up through all these different ranks. And 
the one thing that I noticed very quickly was the first couple of ranks are insanely easy. You're going to blow right through them. Uh, once you get to rank three, it starts getting tough. And, uh, <laughs> then you hit that wall. It, it can be a wall. The nice thing is, if you get stuck in a race, you can actually jump ahead a couple and try to get some more points to open up some other stuff. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm stuck on a race right now. And everything I've tried, I, I've gotten second. I haven't yeah. gotten first. So, but I'm I'm trying to be a completist and get every, first on every track and every race. But they mix in the the occasional uh, like the time trials. They also have these slalom courses where uh, there's gates that are made out of uh, volumetric smoke. It's it's pretty cool. I was very surprised to see this really cool smoke on the PSP. But uh, every time you make a gate, you get an additional four seconds onto your time. So when you're doing the race, you know you're, it's constantly counting down, constantly counting down. You have to try to finish the race before the time expires. And you also have like a goal, so you want to do it by this amount of time or whatever else. Uh, you also have the regular races, and I think you race with seven other racers, if I remember correctly. Uh, the AI is actually really good. Uh, it still has kind of the rubber band AI to a certain extent, but it's very aggressive. I mean, you know, if you get a guy with a big truck on you and you have an ATV or a cycle or a snowmobile, it's going to try to ram you into the walls. So it's still, like I explained it in the review... It's a smaller version of MotorStorm. I mean, it's it's yeah. it's got that feel. It's got the 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 soul of MotorStorm, but it's just in a smaller package, and that's essentially what you're getting with it. <clears throat> so you yeah, still they've have, done an incredible job translating that down to a portable. Yeah, it's very surprising. Um, you, you still get the crashes, but obviously, you know, your car or your vehicle's not going to crumple up as much. Uh, if you're riding something that's that's open air, like a cycle or something like that, you're still going to go flying hundreds of feet uh, with ragdoll physics. Uh, you still have... And you got a, a little customizable rider guy that you picked, too. Yeah, you can actually customize your rider, but you can also customize the vehicles. So when you yeah. start moving up the ranks, you actually unlock these parts uh, packages. And you can actually go in and, and change around some of the parts on your vehicles. And it actually affects how the vehicle performs it affects your stats it's so it's not just cosmetic i'm just trying to go through all the stuff stuff that i wrote i wrote a lot here holy crap uh you really really don't see a lot of pop-in in in the game i think the visuals overall are really really good you might see the occasional pop-in but i was really fearful because i always have kind of a problem in the the full versions of seeing like kind of the path that i need to go to sometimes and i didn't have any problems on the psp version whatsoever and and that was actually one of my biggest fears. So it was very relieving to, to find out that. But like I said, it's it's nice when you get all those cars on the screen and the frame rate doesn't dip at all. That was yeah. the biggest thing because I was like, oh boy, this is this is really going to get hectic and how's this going to be? You know, and and it's fun because then you get the photo mode out and you can move the camera all around and put it wherever you want and take pictures and it's so easy to post them. Uh, now the review copy that Mark and I have doesn't support uh custom soundtracks but the full game does it has been confirmed that it does but apparently it's a little wonky uh so kind of like gran turismo psp you have to create a folder for it but the songs have to meet like certain criteria and i don't know if that's like song length or, or what it is i no haven't really found that out yet what's that no swears no swears it has to be fast tempo <laughs> it has to be praising to allah or something. i don't know so yeah. But it does support it somewhat, and I think it's in the instructions. Like I said, we don't have the full retail version yet. We're waiting on that. Um, so it does support them, kind of, I guess you'll say. But the cool thing is the included soundtrack is really good. 
and you you can control yeah. what songs in that soundtrack you want to hear, that kind of thing. Uh, it was nice when I turned the game on the first time and I got I was met with a Queens of the Stone Age song. I was happy. So, uh, but the audio itself. I mean, what do you what do you think about like just the audio, the engine sounds, and the racing sounds? No, they did a great job with that. I mean, if you put a pair of headphones on, it actually. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's it really like I said. It, they translated this really well from the it's you know console brother. But I'm seriously impressed. It looks and sounds like the game shrunk down. Right. Uh, and then we well, two more points that we probably want to cover. Uh, first off, gameplay, and this is my biggest thank you to Big Big Studios. They don't force you to use the analog. If you don't want to use the analog nub, yeah. There's another control scheme where you can use the D pad, and the D pad works beautifully. Uh, basically, X is accelerate, R1 is, or the right shoulder button is your, uh, your your boost. And the control is freaking awesome on this game. It is so well done. Uh, you still get the occasional ruts in the in the ground where it kind of tosses you here and there, but that's what you should expect from MotorStorm. Yeah. So. See, that stuff didn't seem nearly as prevalent in this as, like, the other no. ones, so... But, you know, it's got the other stuff, like the the environmental hazards, like the landslides and everything. Which is so pretty cool. Just, you, you can break those... Yeah. Uh, have you broken an ice bridge yet? Yeah, and that stuff is just badass. And it it's a good way to, like, take the whole thing that makes MotorStorm, like the train, and, you know, since they can't do the subtleties of the other ones, then, you know, they just bring it out in this other way, and it, yeah. it's a little more blatant, but it still feels like MotorStorm, and that's the important thing. Definitely. Uh, the last aspect that we wanted to cover a little bit that we haven't gotten to play yet, unfortunately, but I, I hear it's very good uh, from the people that got it early, is uh, multiplayer. And multiplayer is actually handled in both wireless ways on this game. Uh, you can play it in ad hoc, or you can play it online in infrastructure mode. Hey, they added online to, an, to a PSP game. Holy crap. That's impossible. <laughs> so you can play a full eight-player game online. Uh, it does not support voice as far as I've heard. Again, the review copy we have does not work online. I even tried it. Now that the servers are up, it just does not work. So, unfortunately, we can't rate that aspect of it. But what are you going to do? Yeah. <laughs> oh, well. So, I gave it a B plus. I, I think this is a fantastic game. It's worth it for the PSP. It's 40 bucks. You can download it. You can get the UMD. <coughs> like I said, kind of as a PS on my review on the, on the site, I said, personally, it's a 500-ish meg download. I think this one's definitely worth getting as a download just because if you ever get a go, you're already going to have the game, but also it's a small enough download. It's not really going to take a lot of space on your memory stick. Um, right. It's so much fun to just have it on the jukebox, too. Yeah. Uh, I think overall I would give it a B. I like it a lot. I think the difficulty ramps up too fast, though, and mm-hmm. it stays really, really hard. <laughs> um and well like you say we didn't get to try online unfortunately but yeah what's there is a lot of fun especially if you're a MotorStorm fan and if you're not i don't think anything will convince you because my wife hates MotorStorm. i had her try to play this and she hated right. it just as much and, that, and that's one <laughs> thing that i'm glad you brought that up uh we've gotten a lot of people on twitter and a lot of people on the forums saying you know what should i get when the go comes out should i get grand turismo should i get MotorStorm? and honestly they're both great games i i honestly love both they're of them very the very different but they're so different, yeah. So it's really, do you like MotorStorm or do you like Gran Turismo? If you got to make a choice, I'm sure you've probably at least played the demo for both of those games. Go with the one that you like to play more. Yeah. They both offer a lot of gameplay, though. I mean, there's a ton of content in this one. 
Or if you don't like either, you could pick up one of the Burnout games for PSP on the <laughs> There you go. Those store. are good games, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Ridge Racer. I like Ridge Racer on the PSP. I thought it was really well done. Were the Need for Speed games on PSP any good? Not really. Okay, then never mind. Yeah, forget it. All right. Well, uh, something I forgot to put on our agenda, but uh, what the hell have you been playing, Mark? Oh, I gotta go first, huh? Uh, let's <laughs> see. To. I can go if you want. Uh, I'll go first. Uh, Roy and I actually tried to get Demon Souls online last weekend, and unfortunately it didn't work. <laughs> yeah. So neither one of us got to try out online before... Uh, the retail game came out because now the servers, the press servers, are down in preparation for launching the full game. Oh. Um, we figured we found out why it didn't work though, because you do have to be within like ten levels of each other, and we were like somewhere between fifteen and twenty, I think. So it just it didn't work. Like we could actually because you can see other players as kind of like a ghost as they're running around. They just kind of fade in and out. So we were in the same spot in the level, so we could actually see each other's ghosts, kind of. Like, I think my character was alive and his was a soul, and we were trying to just, like, put the, the little soul sign down so you could summon them, but nothing appeared. Like, it didn't work for the the uh, PvP either. Like, you couldn't invade the game. Uh-huh. So we had to give up, unfortunately. So I still stick with the solid A that I gave the game last week. If I get the review, or if I get the retail copy, I mean, and I think that... um. The online stuff fundamentally changes that. I will, you know, obviously amend that here and on the site. So, yeah. But uh, I still think it's one of the most incredible games I've played this year. But let's see. Other than that, lots of Uncharted 2 multiplayer beta. Um, Actually, I shouldn't say lots. I looked at my stats and they were way lower than (laughs) I thought they'd be. You think you're playing but a lot does, more than you are, but yeah, because like one of our matches last night was only five minutes. I'm like, really? It was only five minutes? Yeah. But does the the stat tracking, does the total time count private matches, too? Because I thought I'd played more than it said. See, I don't think it does, because it also doesn't count, like, you don't make any more money on private matches, so I'm not sure. Yeah. Because I played a bunch of those. I don't, maybe, it's just not counting. I don't know. Yeah, excuse. Yeah, I did pop in more, or I popped in Uncharted 1 after talking with Richard, (laughs) and I gotta try to (laughs) go through that really quick before we get Uncharted 2. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Uh, what else? I tried the demo for Mini Ninjas. Eh, it was yeah. a decent kitty Zelda clone, kinda. Um, what else did I play? I played, oh no, I played the Ninja Gaiden Sigma demo the week before, didn't I? Uh, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Oh, I, I played, uh, the Lost Planet demo. I just did it single player. Yeah, I played that too. Uh, I don't know, I've kinda got mixed feelings about it. It seemed Some- a little buggy. To be honest, yeah, well, that's because there were bugs in it. But but I played it with some randoms online, and I actually it was funny because I got to that first kind of boss area, that big like big clearing, mm-hmm. and nobody helped, so I had to take the damn monster out myself. So by the time <laughs> I was done, I was out of ammo, and there was nowhere to get ammo. So yeah, <laughs> we get to the. I, I, I finished the demo, but yeah, it was it was it was weird. Yeah, I I love the first game, but. I'm thinking this one's going to be a rental just to make sure I like it. Yeah. Uh, what else did I play? Um, more Motor Storm and more Disgaea on PSP. Uh, oh, I got back to uh, Final Fantasy Dissidia as well. Cool. So I'll, I'll review that next week because sure i got to get that out sooner or later. 
Oh, what else? Oh, yeah, the big one that I caught a lot of flack for on Twitter. Um, I was at my buddy's, and he had <laughs> Halo ODST. So we we like you know my my uh, gamer tag is on his console too because you know we play on we go to his house and play sometimes. So I signed in with mine, and he signed in with his, and we were just co-oping the campaign. So of course I'm on gamer DNA, and oh, it God. you know it. It says, yesterday, Savory K played Halo ODST, and everybody's like, oh my god, you traitor, what are you doing? And then I was tweeting that, like, <laughs> I actually thought it like I thought it was good. I don't hate Halo, I'm just not that crazy about it. I usually play them because I like the, the storyline and universe, and right. really, this one's probably got the best single-player experience so far. Like, the campaign stuff is really well done, hmm. it feels great not playing as Space Jesus, and... You know, if you get to know the characters more, right? like it actually fleshes out the story. And we only played for like three hours, which apparently is actually a lot of the campaign. But yeah. it, you know, it was a good time. And he, like, he had it from GameFly, and I think he's going to buy it, so I'll probably borrow it from him at some point and finish it. Because I, I'm not going to spend that kind of money. I was kind of tempted when a few of those deals went out because like Buy.com had it for like forty three or something, yeah, with free shipping, and I'm like, well. We didn't get to try Firefight, and I really wanted to try that mode, because it sounds fun. Um, but I'm like, I'll probably play the campaign a bit and co-op with people. I'll do Firefight a little. I don't care about the multiplayer disc at all, because I don't do Halo 3 multiplayer. So it's just not worth it for me. Like It's worth it for Halo fans, because they're going to like it already. And I right. think, as a $60 package, it's a little pricey, because it is still essentially a an expansion pack. But it's very well done. And I think if you don't have any of the DLC maps for Halo 3 and you actually play Halo Online, then $60 is more than worth it because you're going to get a lot of use out of that second disc. Yeah. And like, he actually wants it, the game more for the second disc because he'll do like Halo LAN parties with his coworkers. He doesn't really play online, but he does that, so he wants the second disc to get all the extra maps without buying the DLC. Uh-huh. So, you know, there you go. It it's worth it for fans, but I think I don't think they should have charged sixty bucks for it. Yeah, that makes sense. Sure. Uh, we've been playing. I don't think I mentioned this last week. We've been playing Dungeon Fighter Online for PC. <laughs> it's a new free MMO. Yeah, dude, you got to try this. It's it's an arcade beat 'em up, an MMO form. <laughs> it's really really good. Have you looked at it yet? No. I'm dead serious. I mean, think like Capcom's Dungeons and Dragons arcade games. This is what it is. Yeah. It's really fucking good. And it's all free. It's one of those like free to play Korean MMOs and then they'll have like the store coming out where you can buy certain items and whatever you want. But extremely well done. A bunch of us on VG Evo have been playing. Um actually didn't really get to play it over the last week. But they did we were in like the, the pre beta. It was closed. Oh, okay. but now they opened it up to everybody. So everybody can start playing. Is Eamon playing it? I don't think he is. Oh, okay. I think he's playing champions online. Because I was gonna say if Eamon's playing it, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Why? Uh just I don't know. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know, like Shino's playing it, Blue Steel's playing it, Jess and I are playing it. Oh wait, you're playing it? I'm it's out. good stuff. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Go play Battlefield. Yeah. Bah. I think that's about it. I actually right. keep forgetting that I own Muramasa for the Wii, and I really need to go back and play that. <laughs> the what? <laughs> the w- the what? Yeah. Oh, I do uh, have one more 360 game. Sorry. All right. I uh, Gamefly Raiden 4. 
I gotta buy that. I'm kind of leaning towards skipping it. Really? No, it's don't get me wrong though. It's actually really good, but I don't know if I'm just not in a shmup mood right now because I have like zero desire to play it. Wow. So I'm probably just gonna like credit feed my way through it and then send it back to GameFly because I don't know. It, it is really good and it's very reminiscent of Raiden Three, but I I don't feel like spending forty bucks on it right now. That's because you're all Demon Souls and stuff and Uncharted Two. Yeah, I think that is part of it. Well, I've gotten so far out of the loop with like score chasing stuff that I just I can't even fathom trying that, and I wouldn't even be doing that. I'd just be playing it for fun, right? But then, like Cave announced that they're gonna make their next shmup in Japan region free, Mushihima Sama Futari. And like that's going to be expensive. That's like seventy bucks to import, oh, but God. they're gauging interest on like worldwide releases by this. So I'm definitely ordering that. Which means we can't get and Martin I, to get it because he's not an official importer. So we have to go through. Oh, import. that's true. They, so they we'll have to out. go through like Play Asia. Uh, Sorry, Martin. <laughs> damn it. But yeah, that one. Like I would rather put my money towards that. Like no offense to Raiden Four because I'm really happy that they release it here, and I think I'm probably just going to pick that up at a later date. Yeah. But, like, funds are tight right now, and I just don't really have the desire to play it. I don't know what it is, because it actually is really good, and I think you're going to love it, especially, because you're a big fan. I, I love the Raiden series. I, I actually j- was just playing the TurboGrafx one, so... Yeah. Yeah, yeah so if, if I'm buying a shmup just to sh- support shmups right now, it's probably going to be importing Mushihima-sama. Wow. All right, well, I had kind of a weird week. Um, well, first off, I'll get it out of the way. I played the uh, Forza 3 demo on the 360, and if you want some laughs, go to NeoGAF and read the uh, Gran Turismo 5 versus Forza 3 thread. It is just a mess. It's, it's very I'll do that funny right now. Um, well, you might not get a lot out of it because you're not a racing game fan, but... Uh, uh, but I like I, I like it. I, I mean, it's the first thing that grabs you is it looks so much better than Forza 2. Forza 2 was a, a really good game but the visuals really were lacking i mean just no anti-aliasing and it, it really took you out of the experience a little bit um it's a, it's a much nicer game i still think the control feels a little loose uh compared to what i'm used to of course the gran turismo series uh i think that it, it's it's a really good game but i think i'm skipping it and there's a couple reasons for that number one Gran Turismo Five's coming out in PS3 March, fan. you know, and and oh. well, I don't know if the U.S. releases then, but <clears throat> GT Five is coming out very soon, and it's got like double the cars, actually over double the cars. Uh, the other thing that I'm hearing with Forza Three is because it comes on two discs, you essentially are going to have to install the second disc on your hard drive to to so you're not swapping discs all the time to a certain extent. I'm not saying you're going to be doing it every five minutes, but to get a lot out of the gameplay experience, you're almost going to have to install that second disc. That's what I'm hearing from a lot of people. Um, you know, some people said it kind of took a, a, a step backwards in terms of its damage modeling. I can kind of see what people are talking about. Uh, I mean, it still affects the way the game plays and that kind of thing if you have that setting turned on. Uh, you know, I think the demo's done way too quickly. I, I think they could have given us a little bit more to, to play with. Now, it does give you six cars to play, but uh, and I, I really enjoyed driving the Audi, but um, I don't know. And also, I know it's just a demo, and I don't know if this is off Final Code or not, but it was really weird because I was coming around a corner, and it's on, like, on like this mountain track, and there's this mountain off in the distance, and like it disappeared. 
like the whole thing disappeared. I went, whoa, what the hell? So I, I know it's a little gripe, but it was really odd. It, it really took me out of the game. Uh, I think the dashboards look really good. I think that the cockpit view itself looks really good. I could not drive in the cockpit, though. It, it really took me out of the experience. I had a real hard time uh, getting my bearings when I was in the cockpit view. Uh, huh. So is it a better game? You, definitely. You bet your ass it's a better game. Is it something that I'm ex- I'm probably going to rent it somehow. I, I just can't buy it. And, and well, the other reason I can't buy it is I let my Xbox Live Gold lapse on Sunday. Dun, dun, dun. So, yeah, so I don't have any online anymore, and I really don't care. So uh, is Forza 3 enough for me to go get a live account for another year? No, it's not. Because, Gran- again, Gran Turismo 5 is coming out soon enough, and who knows how the online is going to be. If- it's got to be better than 5 Prologue, but um, I-, I can wait. I- th- and that's the thing. I-, I can wait. I have Prologue if I need to get my racing fix, and... Um, you know that's it. So, uh, pra- played the br- parade. Uh, played the brutal legend demo again. Man, that game. I mean, the gameplay itself, I think, is going to be kind of repetitive every now and then. Who knows? But, dude, that game's yeah. going to be so kick ass. I mean, the writing is awesome, even in the demo, and the gameplay is fun. The, the driving the car through all the dudes is just awesome. And I had a grin on my face the entire time I was playing it. So, definitely looking forward to that game. And like I said, I know it sounds cheesy, but I really do hope we get. An advanced copy of Uncharted 2 so I can finish it and then go play <laughs> Brutal Legend. Uh, yeah. yeah. <clears throat> I wish I was as hyped for it as you. It, the I love demo Tim just Schafer's didn't work, though. Blow I, me just, away. I love Tim Schafer. Yeah. I do too. And I think it's it's going to be funny, but like I didn't think the demo was as hilarious as I was hoping. And I didn't think the gameplay was oh, God, as I good was, as I was hoping. I, was, I, I still enjoyed it. Like, don't get me wrong. And I still want to play it. And if I had the extra money, I would be buying it day one. Yeah. But I just I like I'm not super hyped for it's it. It's essentially I guess. hack and slash though, and you love hack and slash games. I know, and but I didn't think like the way it was done was that uh, great. All right, uh, and then also this last weekend, and I I, I tweeted this. Uh, Reebok was giving away for free the uh, AFL Legacy Pack for Madden 10, uh, which. For those of you that don't know what this is, it's a it's a DLC that came out last week, and what it does is it adds the. Um, the AFL teams, uh, so they have all the old old uniforms and everything else. But the other cool part about it is that it puts a filter on the video, so it looks real kind of almost orange, like you're watching a film from the seventies. Yeah. So you're playing the game with this filter on, and like the referees have the old AFL uniforms on, and you have all the old teams. I didn't want to buy it because I don't play Madden Ten enough to to warrant it, and I know Nine Volt bought it because he was telling me about it. But it's a really cool little thing. And, and Reebok was giving it away for free. I'm like, F it. If they're going to give it away for free, I'll grab it. Um, it's cool. I mean, I, I really had a good time with it. So I'm, I'm glad that I played a couple games in it, and I'm glad that I have it. also played Wet for the PS3 for the review that I put up on the site. I, I'll boil my review down to one sentence. I love everything about Wet except for the controls. I don't like the controls. And I've gotten slammed for it because there are certain people that love... You know, the chaining and everything else. But the thing is, you have to stay in slow motion the entire time to be effective. That's not fun to me. I, I want to be able to run around and do things in quick, you know, quick motions. And I don't want to be in slow motion the entire game. So I understand that there's people that are going to like it. I highly recommend just everybody rent it. I know Revy wants to play it really bad. I told him I'd lend it to him. But personally, and I, I it's funny because somebody else said the same exact thing like a day after I said it. I th- think Stranglehold's a better game. And I always liked Stranglehold, kind of. I mean, it was always a decent game. It was good enough. 
but I personally yeah. think Stranglehold does it better to a certain extent. But I love the Grindhouse effect. I love the soundtrack. I, I wish I could buy the soundtrack on a CD, but the Control killed it for me. Just killed it. Um, play more Gran Turismo on the PSP. I've been playing that a lot. Like getting a race in here yeah. and there. A uh, lot more Motor Storm for the PSP. And then uh, Sunday, after the Packer game, go Packers, they won. <coughs> Uh, started hooking up my old game systems because for a while I didn't have the job, you know, and I started actually packing my house up in case I'd have to move. Uh, and in that packing process, packed up all my old games, all my old systems, all my old games. So I've been hooking all the old ones back up. Uh, Scott helped me move my old TV into here and everything. So uh, played some Axelay on the SNES, which is just an awesome schmop. Uh, not the greatest in the world, but it was always fun. Uh, played some Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, which is still just an awesome game. Play some Blazing Lasers on the Wii Virtual Console because I wanted to see how the Wii looked on my old TV. And surprisingly enough, like you even said, it looks better on an old SD TV than it does on an LCD. Uh, played some SOCOM Confrontation with the guys on uh, Saturday night for SOCOM Saturdays. And a bunch of the guys from UrgentFury.com showed up. Their, their clan showed up. And uh, played with those guys. Great group of guys. You should check out their site. We might actually get them on the show if we have a week open. Uh, it's urgentfury.com. U R G E N T F U R Y dot com. Uh, it's it's kind of a like a clan battle type place, like almost like a TWL or a Cal if you're like an old PC gamer like me. Uh, but they're talking about doing some some clan tournaments, things like that for Modern Warfare Two. So I have a feeling maybe we'll get some people together and go over there. I don't know. Uh, played some more of the Mag Beta, dude. It's awesome. Uh, and like I said, we're gonna have one of the designers on the show next week for this, so uh, I'll be geeking out about that. Played the Uncharted 2 beta with not only Mr. Mark Sanger, who's on this show, but uh, we played with, who else? Uh, Martin played with us last night, DJ, uh, yeah. DJ Mezzera, Eddie Kuzanagi, um, who's that Ryan guy? That's a buddy of yours, isn't it? Yeah, that's how it started, because it's Ryan Chakajada. He invited me to his game with his friends, and I joined. And then, like, you found me, then Martin found me, <laughs> and then, like, a bunch of other people joined, so it was it great. It ended up being, like, all VGVO, <laughs> and we ended up having private matches. And one of the coolest things, and like I said, if you go out to psnation.org, uh, I think it's, like, the first or second post right now, but um, Ryan, we were playing the, the village map, and he was jumping from one of the buildings to where I was at inside of a building, and... I came up, and right when I saw the, the opening there, I see him just start to jump, and we were playing rockets only, RPGs only, and I fired a rocket and got him in midair, and I took, it was one scene where, you know, I paused the game, and I took like six different screenshots at all these different angles, and probably one of the coolest kills I've had in any game in about a year. It was just awesome. So yeah, uh, go out and check out the screenshots. That was great. And you're really good at this game, too. It's kind of scary. Me? I'm not that good. Dude, you were, like, number one a lot of times for a long time on the maps. You were doing great last night. Yeah, but then once the really good people joined, I was, like, way on the bottom. Ah. Nah, it was fun. We were playing some other <laughs> randoms for a while. Uh, we were doing the snipers and pistoles, and I, I actually had a really good streak going there for a while. <laughs> yeah. That was a lot yeah. of fun. Like, some of those matches we were playing against people were so <sighs> close, too. Like... Literally, like, one-point increments just going yeah. back and forth, back and forth, up until the top. It was insane. And then you were the last last death on one of the maps, damn you. Oh, I know. That pissed me off, because I was, like, hiding there. Like, <laughs> the room was empty behind me, but I think the guy spawned right behind me oh. and shot me. Well, what was worse is that we needed two kills to finish the match. They needed one. And I was right next to a room, 
and this is the temple map, and two guys spawned like right in front of me, but they didn't see me. So I backed yeah. off, and they both went running up the ramp, and I killed one, and I was just moving over to get the other one, and all of a sudden match over. I'm like, no! Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, man, I cannot wait for the full game. Um, Me too. <laughs> and then also, I, I, I'm sorry I forgot who I was playing online with, but uh, got on and played some Battlefield 2 the other night on PC with uh, one of our listeners because uh, I had X-Fire running, and, and he got on and played. I, I want to see Zippy Patrick, but I think that's wrong. Um, played some Battlefield 2, had a really good time. Uh, played one of the actual, uh, one of the expansion pack maps that's really tough, and I usually fly choppers, and the choppers on this thing were like made like tanks. I could barely fly the son of a bitch. So <laughs> it was pretty interesting. <laughs> but, wow. yeah, I think that's that's about it What I, from what I've played. I, I think I played a couple other Turbo Graphics games, but that's about it. So happy my old systems are hooked back up. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, emails and voicemails. Let's get to this. Let's get this. Uh, yeah. Let's get this pig out well, of the I way. Can still breathe. Ugh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I can, uh, I can read them here. if you want me to. That's fine. No, I can read. Uh, <laughs> there's one that you got to read. You got to read number three, though. Okay. So I'll do number one then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, number one from Doc Kurt. He says, hi, Glenn and Mark. Love the show. Always keep me entertained while listening at work. Keep it up. Is he a doctor and he's listening at work? If that's the case, I'm scared. Hmm. Because he says Doc Kurt. Anyway. On to my question. Uh, I've been thinking of getting a PSP Go. I don't have a previous PSP system, nor do I have m- money to burn. Oh, then he can't be a doctor. Um, <laughs> money to burn, Mark. But I also like new toys and the redesign, but have been wondering about using multiple accounts on the PSP. I have both European and US PS3 accounts. If I sign in with one of these on the PSP, I think we have a voicemail about this too. So we'll have to skip that one. Uh, If I sign in with one of these uh, on the PSP, do I have to stick with that account? And can I play games downloaded from the other side of the Atlantic? If I delete one account and switch to the other, will I lose my game saves, etc. for the former account? No, it's just a pain in the butt. Uh, What you got to do is... I have a Japanese account, and I have a U.S. one, and I have a ton of PS1 games I downloaded from Japan. You have to log in with one or the other, and it's kind of a pain because you have to go to account management and actually like try to authenticate with the new account. What happens is, like, let's say you have five games from the J- Japanese account and five from the U.S. When you're logged in with your U.S. account, only your U.S. games work. When you log in with the other yep. one, then those games work. Uh, you don't lose your game saves, anything like that, but it is, it's a pain in the butt. And... Yeah. I don't really you have to like re-authenticate doing. it every time you want to switch. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I said if I get a go, I'm actually going to keep my 3000. <coughs> my 3000 is going to be my Japanese system and my UMD system, and my goal will be all US games. I know it sounds ridiculous, but hey, what the hell? Yeah, why not? <laughs> um, yeah, it you, you like you can't cheat it either. Like the stuff will still be on there and it'll show up, but if you try to play it, you'll just get like an error code because yeah. it's not authorized. Yeah, actually, I, I get that a lot because I always want to play Devil's Crush, and it's a Japanese game. I'm like, God uh, damn it, I don't want to log in my U.S. account, and I just don't dick with it. So, or I don't want to log in my Japanese one. So, yeah. yeah. All right, on to number two, because, uh, yeah, we're going to skip one of the voicemails, because that was exact, uh, I think it was Bitaman actually sent that almost exact same voicemail that that email was. Oh, uh, that sucks. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Uh... Let's see. Hello, PS Station. Keeping all controversies regarding Bayonetta's PS3 version in mind, from Platinum Games showing only Xbox 360 demos and videos for over a year, to the latest news that the PS3 version is being made by 
<laughs> Wait, oh, I forgot to shit. load it up. I don't Damn have it, it ready to go. I got it loaded. Take it <laughs> there you go. <laughs> We're on top of things. Yeah. Uh, I decided not to buy the game, even though I was highly interested in it and ready to buy it with some hard-earned cash. Why? Because the 360 controller is only good for shooters, and the PS3 version is destined to suck. Do you agree with me, or do you, can you convince me to give this game a shot? Happy gaming, just samurai. Um, I don't think you should discount it completely. I'm equally disappointed that apparently the PS3 version is not up to snuff. Martin saw it at TGS in Japan, and he said it was obviously inferior. Blurry textures, unstable frame rate. He said the 360 version was just a lot smoother. Now, this game is due out really soon in Japan, so that doesn't exactly leave him a lot of time to fix things. We're sure. getting it in January in the U.S. So, I don't know. It, it could end up just not being good. It could just be inferior but still play great. I'm thinking of like other inferior PS3 ports like Lost Planet and stuff where you know, it was obviously not as good when you compared them side by side, but by itself it was still playable and enjoyable. So I'm not sure what I'm going to do. I am seriously hyped for that game. I was really disappointed it got pushed back, but then yeah. again, there's a lot coming out now that I want to play anyway. <laughs> but I also want to play the best version of it, so to be honest, I don't know which version I'm going to get. Like, if the 360 one is that much better, I will probably get it. But, you know, I'm I'm very disappointed that they seem to have dropped the ball, and I mean, it, the whole thing is that Platinum programmed it for 360 and then handed it off to Sega to put on the ps3 right and it just seems so weird because you're like yeah you know sega sucks ha 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 but like think of the exclusives that they do have on ps3 like yakuza and valkyria chronicles those aren't exactly slouches you know they've done a really good job so i don't understand why this one's turning out so much poorer especially for a high profile game for them i think it's because they had to take somebody's existing code and try to port it instead of writing it from scratch for the system like like yakuza 3 I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I read a, a different report on Joystick, and they said it's not as bad as everybody thinks. Yes, you know, kind of like what Martin said, where, yeah, the textures look a little bit blurry and everything else, but also they're like, well, yeah. sometimes you see that with PS3 games, where they look really bad until like two weeks before it comes out. So, yeah, again, I'm not and I'm hoping, excuses, like, and I don't know, but... No, and I'm not calling Martin a liar that. at all, because he's, he's got a good eye for that stuff. Yeah. But I, I'm just hoping it's a case of, like, if you don't have the other version to compare it to, you're not going to know. Yeah, uh, but at the same time, it, it does suck. I mean, the, the the 360 version we saw at E3, I was really impressed with, and I know you were. And it, yeah, I, I I would think that you know th- this long into the life cycle of both of these systems that they would have this shit figured out by now. And oh yeah, there's no excuse for it's it. It's frustrating, and and it's understandable. I do have a feeling that Sega's probably going to get us a review copy so we can at least get, take a look at it. Yeah, so, so I know that's what I'm kind of leaning to. Like, well, do I support the game because I really like it and buy one on 360 and then we'll get the review copy on PS3 so we can compare them? I don't know. Yeah. We'll have to see. I don't know. I, I personally, I mean, it's coming out in Japan first. I would almost say just hold off and, and find out. You know, maybe yeah. by some miracle it'll be pretty damn similar. But at the same time, no matter what, I think it is going to be inferior in some way and it's bullshit. And, and yeah. I, I really... There's no excuse for it. It's it's unheard of in, in this time. I mean, EA got their shit together, and, and the games are always the same on both systems now. Why can't everybody else? Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. Stupid Sega. Yeah. All right, well, let's do uh, our first voicemail. This is from uh, someone you've heard from before. Good evening, folks. 
from Oblivion. Once again, you know, I, I know I sent a voicemail last week about uh, this guide to Dark Terror Days. Honestly, I think I found something better. This is my little preview, anyway, since I'm planning on putting on a, a little review on VG Evo um, of Zombie Apocalypse. Now, when I... When By the way, I did play that demo, too. I forgot to say that. <laughs> anyway, we'll let Puma go. When everybody thinks of this game, it's like, oh, great, another game that compares itself to Burn Zombie Burn. That is where I disagree. This game, I think in some ways, is more a zombie-killing zombie game more based off of Super Stardust HD. Why do I say this? Because you use the analog sticks to do all your movement. You move with, your, with the left stick, you shoot with the right one. However, they also add on the chainsaw. Yes, they do have a chainsaw on this one. The, the R button... The R button is a normal, you know, move-around attack. The L1 button is an execution attack, which, if you use that exactly right, you'll be able to get a certain trophy, which everyone would actually enjoy. The L2 and R2 buttons are for a, uh, a zombie bait. And I thought, okay, maybe this would be a nice little fun thing. Throw the bear out. Time for the love in C4. It's like, what the hell? I love this bear. <laughs> so... Honestly, anyone thinks they can compare this with Burn Zombie Burn, I think it's actually its own separate game. And honestly, if anybody wants to pick up the demo, I'd recommend picking it up, taking a look at it. Because honestly, I've been playing this for a good week, good week now. And it's very fun, very addictive. So that is my little recommendation for that game. And, um... To everybody else out there, um, you want to get the game? Go ahead. If not, um, it's an hour one great game. Sound like Stuart. And it's ten bucks, guys. <laughs> it is worth it. <laughs> but then again, <laughs> it's October first, <laughs> probably. <laughs> and the PSP goes out. Go figure. I'm out of here. Later. Oh, his little pun. Go figure. Uh, yeah, actually, uh, Omni Law has been on my ass to get this game because uh, apparently. Online play on this is just a blast, and, and people have been asking about it, which is funny, because people are like, oh, how is it? How is it? There's a fucking demo for it. Download the demo and find out for yourself. How many people can you do multiplayer? I think you can do four. Really? Yeah, I'm, I'm not positive, so don't don't quote me, but I think you can do four. And what they were saying is, uh, you know, I was getting messages from all these guys that were playing it, and they're like, oh, this is really fun, and what it sounds like it's kind of like smash tv or something to that effect but what it is it's more like an old school top-down view version of horde mode where you just have all these waves coming at you all the time you know that kind of thing and uh i like the demo i think the demo was really fun but as a single player game i think it sucks so you have to make sure that you have people to play the game with um but it's actually i mean I, i think it looks great i you know the graphics are really nice on it and it sounds good. Everything else is good. So it, it seems like I'm going to check purchase. out the demo then because I played this at E3 a little bit and I was not that impressed. Yeah. But I was playing it single player too, and I did think you know oh it's just like burn zombie burn and my goodwill for zombie games is pretty much used up and I'm saving what's left for House Mark's new zombie, zombie game. Yeah. And yeah, that, which that was, will be Super Stardust with zombies. Yeah, and, and that's actually what I was thinking about too because. Uh, you know, the Zombie Nation is kind of the similar type thing, but 
they made it with that meta game where you know you're playing for the country that you're logged into and that kind of thing. And I, I that's the reason I didn't buy. Uh, this game last week is because I was like, well, you know, Zombie Nation's coming out in like January, I think. Or <coughs> I, I know it's next year, but I don't know the exact date. But I was like, well, you know, that's coming. And uh, yeah. do I really need another zombie game because I've got Burn Zombie Burn and I don't play that enough now. And, you know, I kept going yeah. back and forth. So it's, it's good that they're enjoying it. Uh, but like I said, there's a demo out there. Don't ask us on Twitter how it is. Go fucking download the demo and find out for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> that's all yeah. I got to say. Because we didn't get a review of this one. <laughs> no. Uh, all right. Uh, third one here. Who's this from? Oh, uh, what did he say? Gshar, right? Gshar? Geshar? Geshar, yeah. Oh, wait. He said Gshar. Oh, crap. I, I can't he remember said G-Shar now. when he called in. All right. Anyway. Well, we, it's, it's it's our buddy. So, uh, Dear Torgo, allow me to make a quick but rather long-winded point concerning the addition of crash damage to Gran Turismo 5. Oh, yeah. I read this. I'm glad you grabbed this. Uh, as a member yeah, of a family a that now. has been in... What's that? I'm going to take a nap now. Okay. Uh, as a member <laughs> of a family that has been intrinsic, intrinsically uh, tied to and involved in the auto racing sport... Here, let me move my microphone real quick so I can read better. <laughs> uh, I have always played the Gran Turismo series with at least a modest understanding of the elements required to make it around the track without crashing. This understanding has enabled me to recognize and respect Polyphony Digital's ability to make the most realistic simulation ever conceived. There has been a lot of anger, condensation, or no, condensation? Condescension, sorry. Gosh, I didn't think I drank that much tonight. (laughs) There's been a lot of anger, condescension, and juvenile nerd rage flare-ups about the lack of crash damage in the games. The underlying reasoning behind this is that it is not realistic without it. Realism in racing games is is very important to me. If I turn the wheel of my car and it immediately begins to drift, I have a very hard time getting into it. This is because I know a thing or two about racing. However, because I know a thing or two about racing lines, turn turn a uh, turn apices, oh apices, uh, shifting the car's weight and and exit speeds, I know that racing is hard. Gran Turismo is kind of a racer's dream world where you can be immersed into and feel like you are part of this very expensive and demanding sport, but still have the ability to make a few mistakes without ruining the overall experience. Just the other day, I dusted off my 360, popped in Forza 2 for the first time, and got pissed off after about two hours and turned it off again. This sounds like what I had. Uh, The reason? Crash damage. I played these games because I love racing. Having to restart the race every time I make a single mistake... Or the retarded AI drivers move into my racing line while I'm in it, turning my sports car into a tugboat at the slightest impact makes it very hard to learn and master a track. I think this sacrifice is fun in favor of some shallow adherence to realism, quote-unquote. Now this is all my opinion and I do not mean to argue for or against the 360 or PS3. I only used Forza and Gran Turismo for the simple fact that one has crash damage and one doesn't. In short, I really hope that when Gran Turismo 5 launches... The crash damage is optional. Uh, sincerely, uh, Gishar. God damn it. I have to go back and listen. <laughs> Sorry for not addressing you, Mark, but I knew the content of this email would not mean anything to you in the slightest. Hopefully, it at least provided you with some time to daydream about East, Sega, and ass points. That's <laughs> uh, true. <laughs> um, you know, I think I'm... When, when I see him talk about fours in that way, I think that might be what was getting on my nerves a little bit. Uh, and and I was getting the same kind of thing in, in Forza 3. And I like that they're putting the damage in Gran Turismo 5, but you know what? 
from what I've seen, it doesn't affect your racing as much as Forza 2 and 3, at least the way it looked. Um, I And hopefully, maybe I'll try to find that link and throw it on Twitter, but there was this really cool video that I was talking about when we talked to Jeff tonight uh, where they were running into all the walls. And really, I think only the back bumper fell off and it was dragging for a long time, but what was happening is the, the paint itself was actually wearing off and you were getting down to the metal. So the effect, while it was probably just cosmetic for the most part, just seemed to add to the game a lot more. I was like, oh my god, that's... And I actually didn't realize it for a little bit. I had to watch the video twice, and all of a sudden I picked up on it, and I'm like, oh, now I see what's going on here. And it just... It looks so real and and like something that I would expect, and I think that's why I didn't didn't really realize it was there at first. But uh, no, I, I actually agree with what he's talking about, because... One of the things you notice in the AI in Gran Turismo is how much more, I guess, professional the racers, the AI racers are. Because hmm. when you play Forza against the computer, I mean, they're stupid. They they'll just ram you. They'll they'll just boom ram you. So no, I, I I'm actually glad he wrote this in. Yeah, I'm glad you grabbed this because uh, I read that and I, I was hoping we'd talk about it. So thanks very much, sir. Cool. I'm awesome. All right. Uh, our second voicemail, I really like this voicemail, especially because it's only 33 seconds. <laughs> hey, guys. It's uh, Adam Pearson, uh, Vermillion26, and I just started listening to y'all's show. Love it. Uh, I actually had a question about uh, Dante's Inferno, or I guess get your opinion. I hear a bunch of people that are just trashing it, um, talking about the whole idea behind it being stupid and dumb. Uh, and I'm actually kind of looking forward to it I, it looks actually pretty cool to me uh so i just kind of want to get y'all guys opinion to see what y'all think about it but anyway guys love it keep up the good work later do you remember the name that you came up for that game we came up Saint with almost fire Saint almost fire that's what <laughs> <laughs> um, i'm gonna send you that clip now so you can play it yeah you do um <laughs> So here's the, here's my take on it, and then uh, Mark, I want to. I, I know you have a, a thought on this as well. I have thoughts. Yeah, Dante's Inferno is EA's way of cashing in on the Gran Turismo or <laughs> Gran Turismo. God damn it. Gran Turismo. Because <laughs> it's a racing game, essentially. Uh, on the on the God of War franchise. I mean, really, there's there hasn't really been another God of War game out there. Maybe Heavenly Sword, but you know, you're, you're going to get a lot of 360 owners that are probably going to go after. Dante's Inferno because finally they're getting a God of War type game on the system uh, and it even has some people that were on the original team for God of War on the team for Dante's Inferno yeah. the problem I have with it is that, it's, that it is an absolute blatant ripoff of God of War but I still don't think it does it as well I really don't, I think it looks stiff uh, it looks almost too clean in terms of the textures, it just doesn't have that grittiness to it that you would expect from hell um <laughs> but it just looked really stiff whenever we looked at it. So that's kind of my... I'm not trashing it. I don't think it's going to be a bad game. I just think it's going to be a very sterile clone. I don't know. I, yeah. I, I don't know what else to say. I mean, they've got they've got a lot of blood, a lot of stuff that's going to make it an M-rated game, but at the same time, I think they're doing it gratuitously, even though God of War has the gratuitous sex scene and all that bullshit, but <laughs> it just seems like they're well, they're trying. God to of War is like overly gratuitous. Yeah, but it, it it just seems like they're forcing it in Dante's Inferno. Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. I'm keeping an open mind about it because I'm interested in it the same way. Like it's it's kind of the I don't know what I want to say. Like 
the theme is what I kind of like about God of War, where it's just like reimagining of stuff that you're familiar with. In God of War's case, it's like Greek mythology, where you know some people hate it because it's like the extreme version of Greek mythology, (laughs) but. Dante's Inferno is also taking like you know this the hell imagery that we're all somewhat familiar with and making a you know turning it into something interactive and making a game out of it and I'm really curious from that aspect you know both games I think are going to be very similar I do think it's kind of ripping off God of War as far as being like that that action game but with guys on the original God of War team I actually have I do have some hope that it'll be decent yeah. Um, to me, it's going to be a rental for now. Like I'm keeping my eye on it. I'm not like hotly anticipating it. Pun not intended. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll probably refer to it as Saint Elmo's Fire from now on. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I was I sat here for a while thinking, what the hell do we call that? <laughs> Oh, I don't man. know. I th- I think it could be decent, but I, I think you're right. I think they're just p- trying to push the envelope a little too much with it. Well, I, I can see why they're doing it, and it, and I, I guarantee it's going to sell like ten to one ratio, three sixty to PS3, because PS3 yeah. owners are going to get the God of War pack in December, and they're going to get God of War three in uh, March or whenever, March or April. There's no reason yeah. to get Dante's Inferno for a PlayStation three owner. There's just there just isn't. Oh, so they want more of that type of game. But I, I think even the PS2 versions of God of War do it better from what we've seen so far. Yeah, Sorry. I don't know. I just I really like some of the imagery and stuff they've shown in the yeah the trailers. No, I'm not so saying it's bad I actually at all. It's I kind of want this to be good in some sort of way. I do think some of the stuff EA's pulling with the the marketing campaign, like oh God. sending all those journalists two hundred dollar checks and whatever is yeah. A little overboard. Well, and they, and they also had those. Uh, they actually paid those people to go and uh, uh, pick it. Oh yeah, pick, yeah. yeah. Whatever. Yeah, interesting. But I, I'm not, I'm not shitting on the game. I don't think you are either. It's just it's it's very. No. I I'm mean, keeping an open mind, but I'm not. E3 and yeah, yeah. I'm not super optimistic. It's going to be a great game. I'm not either. Yeah. All right. Last email, sir. Ah uh, yes. The emails. Huh, you picked it. This one's nice and short. <laughs> From Steve Jones. Uh, hi, Mr. Glenn and Mr. Mark. It's Steve here again. I love your live show, but I bet you've never tried Jack Daniels mixed with beer. Wrong. I haven't. It doesn't I actually have. sound very good to me. Uh, it was. It didn't taste very good. I've had it in Tennessee when I went to the Bristol race in 2004. Had it huh. a few times. Yep. Yeah, can't say I'm interested. But his question is, what is your favorite system ever? Ha! Uh, thank you. You want to go first? I have a prize. No, no prize for you. I don't know. No. Well, I mean, Mark, you might as well just say what your favorite system ever. Everybody yeah. knows it. I thought this would be a good one for people who've like never listened to the show and actually stuck uh, through it to the end. Yeah. Um, but yes, my favorite system of all time is the Sega Saturn. Gee, shock. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. I I, my action replay, by the way. What? Oh, I hooked up my Saturn and... My action replay broke, remember? I gotta get a new Oh, one. that's right. I forgot about that. I can't play my... Because I, well, I was like, oh, I can play some Japanese games. Oh, shit! Yeah. Now that you have a job, you can buy one. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Uh, yeah, well, people who haven't listened to this show, I'm like a giant Sega nerd. Yeah. Like, I was, you know, the guy who was saying Dreamcast will never die. And <laughs> waiting for the Dreamcast 2. 
Yeah, but uh, I had to put, you know, all that love somewhere, so I waffled between, like, the GameCube, Xbox One, and finally, like, after realizing that maybe it wasn't just Sony that killed Sega, uh, I finally got a PS2, and I'm like, holy shit, what have I been missing? And yeah, I've been (laughs) with with Sony ever since. Uh, My favorite system, I have a couple, besides the PS3, because I actually do like my PS3 quite a bit. Uh... I really like the Super Nintendo. I'm a big fan of the system. I like the Saturn, not as much as Mark by any means. Uh, you can only have one favorite. All right, my absolute favorite, if I only had one system to play, Turbo Duo, Turbo Graphics, uh, by far. Uh, I was you know, I did some testing for it back in the day, whatever, and, and uh, I know Johnny Turbo. Mark knows this. It's true. We met him at E3. <laughs> he had a Bowser and jacket. He, and he recognized me. I didn't even see him. Yeah. <laughs> And John, if you're listening, I know you hate that name, so ha um, <laughs> I love my Turbo Graphics to death. I have a Super Graphics now, thanks, Martin. Uh, you know, and and I have a ton of games. I still want more games. There's there's a lot out there that I want to buy. Some of the coolest. I mean, Eastbook One and Two is still my favorite RPG of all time. Uh, I actually posted that yeah. on the thread, so I'm representing. Um, but yeah, I just love. Wait, the there's Turbo a NeoGaf thread. There's a NeoGAF thread if you if your favorite all time RPG and you can only list one. Oh, nice! Yeah, so I posted Eastbook one and two Turbo Duo. Uh, yeah, so I'm I'm a huge Turbo nut, nut and uh, you know John Ledke from Drunken Gamers Radio and I are we like to geek out on the Turbo Graphics stuff, but uh, yeah, that's that's my all time favorite. Huh. So there you go. All right, you got the, you got the the page open. You ready for this? Oh shit! No, I don't. <laughs> oh my god! Well, while you're opening it, you know what time it is, motherfuckers. It's Trophy Watch! Ah! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so for people who have no idea what the fuck's going on now, Trophy Watch is one of the ways we're trying to get back to our fans because we know they're very proud of their trophy accomplishments and their E-penis. platinums and whatnot. So, what? E penis. EP, yes, they're waggling their e-penis. <laughs> so we give them a little chance to post in a thread on the forums and get a little shout-out for uh, getting some of these things. If you want to join in the fun, go to vgevo.com, or vgevo.com, and it's in the PlayStation Nation podcast section. You can also go to our site at psstation.org, which has a link that takes you directly to those forums. And there will always be a, a sticky trophy watch thread for the current week. Yeah. There are very specific criteria. Basically, get a platinum, get 100% in a tro- 100% trophies in a PSN game, or go up a trophy level. Uh, pretty simple. It has to be accomplished within the last week, and we require you to post a link to your PSN ID or trophy card or whatever you want to do. Basically, you got to prove it. So, yeah, because we've had too many people with shenanigans going on. Indeed. And I brought my broom. Nice. All right, you got the page open? <laughs> I do. Want me All to right. start? Let's, yeah, go ahead. All right. Chillililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililililil
Oh, and whatever. level up to the whatever. No, that game's banned. We're not talking about it. All right. Sorry, guys. Uh, GR Sonic got a platinum on Batman Arkham Asylum. Southern Coyote leveled up from five to six while playing Batman Arkham Asylum. Wow. Oh, shit. It's huh. poem time. <laughs> ben yeah. X42, uh, 42316. Hi there, it's Ben here again, guys, with another accomplishment. I'm not telling lies. This time I managed to 100% on flower. I was so sweaty when I'm done, I needed a shower. The pure trophy was damn hard to get. I nearly ended up punching my TV set. I was so pleased when I'd done, I had a parade, but I'll never be as good as Savory Cade. Thank you, Ben. We love your poems. And we never did do... We, we still haven't done, like, one or two of his, haven't we? Uh, the, one the one from the from live, live show. show I didn't do, yeah. Damn it. <laughs> we'll see if we, we can suck. find it. Oh, it's not in this inbox. Oh, well. Uh, we'll get to it. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Solid Gamer 98 leveled up playing Batman and Red Faction. But he didn't say what he leveled. Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. He leveled up to 11. Mad Scientist 80, 100% in Bomberman Ultra. Not bad. Huh. That's cool. Lone Lobo 77 reached level 9 playing Dirt 2. Will PG 1212, he got the platinum in Arkham Asylum. Uh, Chris. Hey, we now know how to pronounce his name. It's not Cries or Chris. It's just Chris. Got Wipeout HD Platinum. Yeah, it is. With a Z? It is if you're hipping on the internet. So is he Chris, but he's extreme? He's extreme Chris? Exactly. I'm extreme! (laughs) But hey, he Wipeout, or he Platinum to Wipeout HD, which is definitely worth a ding. Definitely. Yeah, the most challenging, frustrating, uplifting, rewarding experience of his gaming life. (laughs) (laughs) Terrible Glory reached level 11. Wow, nice. Except his signature says 9. Oh, he didn't refresh. (laughs) Yeah, he probably just has to refresh his trophy card. If he's posting in it and putting his trophy thing on there, I doubt he's lying about it. Yeah, he's got five platins already, I think. Uh, Plank yeah. fan, my e penis just got ten percent bigger. Bigger accomplishment, burnout, burnout paradise platinum. Wow, nice job. Uh, Will PG twelve twelve, uh, Batman Again? Arkham Asylum platinum. Nice job. Nice. Uh, God damn, STL Shit. Shane twelve leveled up Saint Louis. to uh, level. He that? puts it right there. It's, it's oh, Saint, Saint Louis, Louis Shane it's twelve. Seattle more than Saint Louis. All right, Saint Louis Shane twelve leveled up to level eight. With first ever Echochrome trophy in 10 months. <laughs> wow. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's like getting a trophy in SOCOM Confrontation. Uh, what's this? Be wrong. PS Nation trophy watch, Platinum and Batman. Nice. Uh, nice. Ming Ming 80, 187 made level 5 playing Beatles Rock Band and Katamari. Uh, I forgot Katamari came out. Um, Omga Waffles. <laughs> level 5, <laughs> no Platinum yet. Big C3, uh, Big C3 got nothing! Woo! Uh, oh, Perkin, our favorite mention. drunk dialer ever. Uh, 100% Battlefield 1943, 100 matches and not one more. I'm with you, buddy. I am so with you. I stopped at 100 as well. Uh, and then Benelton's 18th, 18th Platinum on Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince. God. Wow. Harry Potter. Well, you should be kicked in the Harry Potters for playing that, but no man, kidding. 18 Platinums is pretty impressive so while you were reading that page i found the uh, live show poem so let's read it here how about oh, that? 
Okay. Nice. He's, he sent a uh, uh, sound clip, but I don't have a way to load it up, so you're going to have to not hear it. Uh, so here, here's what Ben X42316 uh, wrote for us for the live show that we forgot to read. Uh, here, let me move my microphone again. I understand it is your live show tonight. However, I cannot attend, so here's a sound bite. It's not as good as Epic Fail or Dreamcast 2. Two! But I found it today just for you. Congratulations on 131 shows. By now, you're both PS3 aficionados. <laughs> but, with my, but with Mark's Dreamcast 2 anticipation, it won't be long before he starts the Sega Nation. We all wish Torgo well on getting a job. Better get one soon or he'll start to sob. In the meantime, he'll enjoy all his freedom and fun by playing Killzone 2 with his submachine gun. I'll be tucked up in bed when the live show's in session, dreaming of Torgo doing an impression. <laughs> Ew. Uh, be sure to drink plenty of booze tonight, and for your next live show, please send me an invite. Ah, That was good. That's It's cool. kind of nice having our own little... Thank po- you. Our, our, our own poet. <laughs> our <Yeah>. poet laureate. <laughs> so, Thanks, Ben. Oh, my ben God. We're getting, some, we're getting a lot of mag questions. Nice. Uh, yeah. yeah, so before we go, don't forget, send your mag questions in. Like I said, the show comes out Thursday. We need them by Friday afternoon uh, so I can send them in. We honestly, we found out today that we were getting this interview. So fortunately, we don't have a lot of lead time on this one. Uh, like I said, you can either email them to podcast at psnation.org or you can go to our forums on vgevo.com and post them in the thread there. There's a sticky thread for that. Um yeah, I'm, I I hope you guys enjoyed tonight. I know Mark's kind of sick. He's sounding pretty bad right now. Yeah, actually, like as this thing has gone on and I've been talking, I've been getting more and more stuffed up. And yeah, so we'll we'll end this. But uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, hopefully, if you're a new listener, you'll you'll continue on. Uh, there will be a yeah. little little comedy clip at the end of the show if you've never listened to the show before. I don't know who from, so check the show notes to see who it is. If you don't know who it is, uh, because I normally yeah. don't put it in until I edit. So there you go. Uh, hey, don't we still have End War to give away? No, we gave. Did, oh yeah, did we, we give did, that? I thought no, I thought we gave that one away. Did we give that one away? I don't remember. We'll I can't remember. We have something to give away. Well, if, if we did, I haven't sent it out yet. <laughs> I think you're right. I think we do have to give Enmore away. Oh, well, we'll do it next week. We'll figure it out. Yeah, no, that's what I was gonna say. Was we'll we'll go make see what we got to give away here and yeah, I, do that yeah, next week. I think you're right. Oh well, uh, well, from Mark, myself, have a good week and get out there and play some games. Bye. Good week. I was a pretty stupid kid, also. I used to get talked into making crank calls, you know? My older brothers and friends would just stand around me. Okay, Brian, make some crank calls. Make some crank calls. And I get all nervous and mess them up. Um, do you have frog legs? No, no, do you serve them? No, do you have them? You're stupid! Brian, relax, man. You gotta relax when you make the crank calls. Do another one. Concentrate. Is your refrigerator running? It's not. Oh. It's not. It's not. No, it's not. Okay, you have a good day now. You take clock. Brian, do this one. Read it so you don't mess it up. Do you have Prince Albert in the can? You do. Well, then you better take him out because he is suffocating. He wants to know what the hang up. You're stupid! You stupid person!